Welcome to the Helihead Show. This is episode 54. I am your host, Skids, and with me is Gucci. Not again. I'm here. V5. And we've got uh, Luke Warmhands with us. What up? And we've got uh, the gardener. Ah, uh, you know, gotta do something. What's up, guys? <laughs> Man, what have you guys been up to? I don't know. How about recording the show all over again? Mm. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's it very familiar. Very yeah. familiar. Yeah. Um, I mean, the fact that I have to spend this much more time with AJ. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, but this is on you, player. Like, this is, this is all you like, <laughs> You should have had to see me again until, like, it was Blowout my... or Urcher or something like that of next year, but no. <laughs> Someone forgot, so now you have to deal with me again for another couple hours on a Sunday night. Mm -mm. Yeah, he's right. Uh, So it's Sunday night. I just returned from Hilly Extravaganza, and here I am recording a show because I uh, I forgot to. to, What was that? What was that? You forgot to do what now? I um last Wednesday when we originally recorded, I I forgot to you know. No, no, we didn't originally record. We, that, that would have been fine if we originally recorded. <laughs> it, it really this is the third time we've had to meet up with AJ. Well, the first time was because he, something... Oh, Kyle didn't show up, so we were like, mm. ah, let's just hold off. And then we actually did record, and I forgot to push... Well, there was no recording. I forgot to exactly. push record. Yeah. We talked. Yeah, we hung out we for did, a little bit. Yeah, we, we just did. hung out and like made fun of each other, and then it was like, oh... Okay, none of that. Like, okay, cool. Damn, all that. For like two hours, because, you know, no one checked it at the first little bit of the show. They had to wait till you know, how Halfway. long in? Yeah. At least. Maybe more. Yeah. It was literally nice. at the break, and I went back to check it, and I was like, I mean, heart sank. I was like, no fucking way. Professional. Mm. Yep. Dude, I seriously thought you were messing with us. I was like, there's no way. Like, oh, yeah, he's a funny guy that skids. He's, you know, he's got jokes. <laughs> Please tell <laughs> me you have jokes. <laughs> yeah. Well, we did have a backup, but it was just wasn't up to skid standards. No, it was trash. It sounded bad. Thanks. You know, I appreciate yeah. it. You know, I'm glad I, I I put in the effort. I mean, Gucci breathes. You know, heavy. It's. I mean, jeez. Oh, <laughs> oh shit, we're just a mess. But yeah, it did. Some good came out of it, right? We got more content. Yeah. We did more, right? For a couple of days. Well, yeah, I mean, we can, I mean, if you want to touch on it, but we, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what kind of time we have. How about that? <laughs> okay. All right. We got time. We, we do, but <laughs> I mean, if you want me to talk about it in my week, I can kind of gloss over things. Yeah. I would like you to do that. Yeah. Just, just high level. Okay. You know? All right. Kyle. Hmm. Oh, looky warm hands. What? Why don't you uh, kick it off real quick? Kick what off? You're weak. Oh, wait. We forgot to do something, didn't we? Yeah. How about you do your little yeah, spiel? Yeah. V2. Each and every one of these. <laughs> Thanks to everyone who downloads streams and listens to our podcast. We certainly do appreciate each and every one of you. Now, we can get it on. Let's do it. Kyle. Now, who am I kicking now? Mm, whoever you want. <laughs> Who's dog? AJ, for sure. <laughs> AJ, for sure. Well, he is, you know, I, never mind. 
Uh, I know yes, you were going with that. Yeah, I appreciate the <laughs> there, and I'm just gonna just gonna lean into that one. Thanks. Mm, lean into it. <laughs> all right, I'll bite his knees without having to move. It'll be fun. Jesus, <laughs> let's get this train somewhere back on the tracks. Maybe. Okay. Do it. Do it. Okay. Ah, what have I been up to for the past month? Has it been a month? No. No. I don't know what it's been. I don't know what it's been. Anyway, everything that I've been talking about leading up to the last episode I was on happened. Uh, I got my wisdom teeth out. That sucked real bad. Uh, Did you lose your wisdom? Yeah, I've been told I'm real dumb now. Uh, (laughs) It was was me that told him that, to be fair. I feel real dumb to begin with, so I don't think anything's changed, but... Got those out. That sucked. I um, I don't know. I've been complaining about it for about two weeks now. I'm told my pain tolerance is really bad, but I don't care. It hurt. Oh, yeah? Were you a little whiny bitch? Yeah. Well, I just like to complain. Mm. <laughs> I learned it from Bert. I'm a really good complainer. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, this weekend, I finally flew for the first time since Urcha. I went out and wow. got some three-blade flights in. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yep. Enjoyed the three blade. Did a lot more tuning on it because I kind of just slapped it together before Urcha, and it flew good enough. Yeah. I guess we'll call it. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it was good. It was okay. It was okay. But I made it about ten times better over the weekend. So. Nice. Yeah, she's ripping now. She's ripping in a Terran. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just did some flying, recovering. Uh, I'm in the middle of buying a house. So that's congrats. Been- Thank you. Yeah. That's been uh, a process, packing up and dealing with that. So working on getting all my stuff together while still maintaining life and doing paperwork and, you know, pulling money from the money tree and, you know, all that. Yeah. That's the new Heli Heads uh, headquarters. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thankfully, <laughs> the, thankfully, the Heli Heads podcast pays me like so much that the, the down payment was covered from that. So. <laughs> And you wonder why I'm a guest here multiple times in the same week because I'm trying to get some of that. Right, exactly. <laughs> Hopes and dreams. I didn't know that's what we used to pay uh, to buy a house. Yeah. yeah. In California, that's all we have. Yeah. We have no money. We just have hopes and dreams. It's, a, yeah, it's, it's all our about va- good vibes. It's, it's our vacation home, you know? You get yeah. to Florida. Yeah, yeah, it's just good vibes, man. The down payment yeah. is good vibes. That's yeah. right. nice (laughs) no that's all i got just uh dealing with the tooth stuff the house stuff and uh, a little bit of flying here and there and a whole boatload of work but Mm. Mm. that's all i got did you save them for the tooth fairy uh i asked for them they wouldn't give them to me no way really no shit yeah they said they came out in chunks well so that's the best part so they said they would take an hour the whole extraction which was four wisdom teeth Mm. took them about 18 minutes, from what I recall. It was, it was less than that, because you were like, you, cause you texted me, you are like, yeah, my thing's at 9, and like 9.25, you're like, alright, I'm done. I'm like, what do you mean you're done? Did they actually do anything? <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, I got back there, he grabbed his knife and jumped on me, and uh, yeah, he, he yanked those out, he had a drill, he had a Dremel. Um, wow. Yeah, he had the same tools that I use just to work on helis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he had some SAB Loctite, squirted that down in the socket. Wow. Uh, yeah. No, it was good. It didn't hurt, but it certainly did afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, wow. but we're good now. Back Isn't to eating chicken wings. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah, but we're good. You know, well, cool. back to normal. Nice. Next. Right. Yeah. Gooch, what you got? 
Whew. So uh, let's recap. Uh, this is what version revision twenty. Yeah. Um, I've been flying my Logo two hundred quite a little bit, and um, instead of taking smoke breaks at work, I take Logo two hundred breaks now. Nice. So, yeah, that little thing, and actually, you know, I flew some more even today. I went out to the local club, and let me tell you, <laughs> I let uh, Mitch Booth. He ordered one and. He's waiting for his, and today I went out to the field, and I'm like, here, fly. I got plenty of batteries. Just fly it. You know, I had a Logo 200 and a Raw Nitro, so he put a flight. He's like, but it's kind of windy. I'm like, dude, just fly it. Yeah. And he had a hood. He's like, I can't believe how good it does, even though it's windy. It was probably, like, gusting around 14 miles per hour. So it wasn't, like, a light wind or anything like that today. And, it, man, that thing is so much fun. So been uh, pulling on that quite a little bit. Um, last weekend, uh, before this one, we got together at North Jackson, uh, flew with Todd Dudek and the gang. And, uh, I actually had a blast with my Kraken electric, you know, it's, nice. it's, you know, I kind of been so much, you know, getting ready with the raw nitro that I kind of forgot about the rest of my helis <laughs> a little bit, but I had to take out the Kraken electric 700 and man, I, I definitely had a good time with that one. But, um, while I was actually working on my, uh, raw nitro, I really start, I, you know, I kind of been not paying attention to my, uh, 580 nitro, the, the motor that is the OS 55. I've been going with it without touching it for like two and a half years. <laughs> so I, I really, really need to like, I mean, it's, it's not bad. It still pulls, but you know, like <laughs> you could hear a lot of, uh, loose bearings. Let's mm. leave it at that. <laughs> um, it, you know, it idles, but just, you know, a thousand RPM, something like that, give or take. Um, so I really, really need to kind of get back into that, uh, into that heli and, and clean it up. And it's probably going to be a winter project, which that means like a, you know, two week project for me by November, I'll have it done. So, uh, let's see the last but not least today, Sunday, uh, let's see here, September 12th. I finally got the raw nitro to freaking rip. Nice. I flew it yesterday for a few flights. I went to uh, the new flying club, but today I got out to uh, the old flying club. Since they had a club meeting, I went and joined that. But before that, me and Mitch Booth went and put some flying in on the raw nitro. And let me tell you, man, out of the box, that freaking thing feels amazing. That's awesome. You know, it, it's, 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 to me, it's it feels just like the 580 Nitro with 600 blades on it, with just a little bit more spunk into it. So I'm still working on tuning the motor. Um, I'm sorry to speak. I got it maybe on the lean side a little bit. So the last uh, two flights I did go on the high end. I was a little bit on the lean side. I went to reaching it up about two clicks, and that thing rips. So I'm happy with it so far. Uh, definitely looking to flying again next weekend. So. Awesome. Yep, that's nice. pretty much all I have. Cool. AJ, mm -hmm. what's your V2 version? Oh, man. So I still have been flying really, you know, like Kyle, I haven't really flown much since Urcha. Uh, part of that was because being the lawn expert that I am, I decided that I would try to fly through some, you know, that cut grass during Battle of the Brands, and I, I, I missed, uh, you know, 
Gardner, and also I did break the uh, break broke my seven hundred at uh, my primary seven hundred at uh, Urcha. You dummy! So I finally got that back going together. Uh, since I hadn't rebuilt it in like eight hundred flights or so, I went through and did all new ball links, bunch of new bearings, bunch of just this, that, and the other thing. I uh, realized that I didn't have uh, black uh, skid struts for that model, and because I have some mild OCD issues, I instead of just putting white skids on it, I put black ones on there because, you know, mental issues. Right. Um, <laughs> so, waited for those, got that one ready. Um, I don't have a Logo 200, but because, you know, Futaba for life and everything, I do have an OMP V2 uh, with a Futaba receiver on it. So I've been flying that quite a bit. Uh, again, it's you know I'm sure similar, different, whatever. How you want to look at it to the uh, to the logo, but I also really like it. There's a couple of parks nearby me that's just fun to go and just fly it. The only problem is that again, I'm I can't see apparently. Uh, and I have the green canopy on mine, and that might not be the right answer because mm. I've almost obliterated it like eight times because I just. I push and go, okay, I hope that's the right way. It's how it was supposed to be. I think, okay, there it is. Cool. I can see it again. So I'm eventually going to smash myself in the face with it. Um, I'm almost positive. So I'm going to try to avoid doing that. And uh, I think the only other thing helicopter wise that I did here this week is I soldered up a new speed controller because I do still solder because, you know, nice. some people still do that. And I like to keep those skills fresh. So I uh, soldered up a Scorpion 200 plus ESC uh, that has the Fataba telemetry interface in it. So I'm going to get that going. So looking forward to that, but yeah, did that. And I uh, went to Universal Studios Horror Nights the other day because I could, and it was that, which was kind of fun too, just a little bit something different. Hadn't been to Universal in a while. So that was, that was good fun. Nice. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. I've never been to uh Disneyland out there. Um, it'd be, it'd be fun to, to visit that sometime. Yeah, so I went to Disneyland with an ex, and it's kind of like, I don't want to say it ruined it for me, but it was not, like, the best day when I went there with mm. my ex. So, you know, I'll try to, so I haven't been there in a while, but Universal I like, because I, I like that kind of stuff, and it's closer and cheaper, because mm. Disney is. Right, right. They're, they're pretty proud. They're pretty proud of what they got. They are. They're, they're, they're at Disney, so, uh, like I said, did the Universal thing, and that was fun. Uh, I'm not a huge horror guy, but some of the mazes were pretty pretty outstanding and some of the horror type of stuff was you know some of the scare stuff and just the jump scares and everything it was there was a lot there there's some definite entertainment value in that so it was good awesome very good is that it i think that's all i got i mean it was not a not an eventful week that's you know i think the only thing different from wednesday is i went to universal <laughs> right <laughs> right yeah nice very cool um so uh i guess scott could not join this evening he had some baby stuff going on so uh last time you know v1 of this show uh i had been doing a lot of building and so i you know basically it was all in preparation to you know get to um hell extravaganza and uh so i had a couple uh, you know, builds to do. I had the uh, Kraken 700 that we were finishing up, and I also had the Kraken Nitro that Gucci was so nice to send, and um, or gracious to send, I should say, I guess. But at any rate, 
uh, you know, got those at least pretty damn close. I had uh, the RAW, of course, it was, you know, still as the same as Urcha. I had not flown since Urcha. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Been a while. So Seems like a trend. Seems like after Urcha, no one really is like, either you get super, super into it, or if you've been flying a lot, getting ready for Urcha, no one just, you get home, you're like, ugh. Especially if you're like me, I had to travel, I had to take apart helicopters. I'm like, right. I don't want to put things back together. Ugh. <laughs> So, uh, during this time of building, there was something that happened. I'm going to try and get this out quickly. While we were building, uh, during the time of building, Josh and Ben showed up one night. And uh, we always do build nights a lot of times. Of course, me having stuff and Ben having his 580 Nitro that he was trying to get ready. Uh, We were working on that one night. And we're sitting in the garage and it just happened to be that Josh was Josh was like man it's getting freaking hot in here and it was it was getting hot in the garage so he was like we got to open up the garage door so we did and i don't know half an hour later whatever hour later all of a sudden we hear you know these gunshots going off we're like what the hell and so of course we're somebody was like ah it's probably fireworks and i was like god it sure did sound like gunshots to me and uh and so we're just sitting there doing our thing and all of a sudden, this car comes ripping through my front yard and busts a U-turn <laughs> right through my friggin' yard. And of course, my first thought was, "He's gonna hit my Get house." Off my yard, you damn kids! Ah, he was, yeah, me. right. I mean, he was like full blown, like fourteen s cutting donuts in my, you know, my yard, and uh, busts this U-turn and and left. And of course, we're all getting up at this point and running down, or I was going down to the driveway. Josh, of course, had gone around to the back of the house. I did not know what was going on at this time. And so I was seeing if the guy was still on the street or if he, you know, uh, you know, had left, in fact, whatever. And so you know, trying to get a license plate or whatever. But at any rate, so uh, Josh comes back. He's like, hey, you got a car in your backyard. And I was like, what? No. Like, that's, what are you talking about? You know? And uh, so I go back there. Sure enough, there's this pink Jeep, like renegade Jeep in my backyard. Nice. I'm like, what the hell? So it I'm wasn't like, there before? Was it? <laughs> and it yeah. wasn't Power Wheels. You're, you're sure it wasn't Power Wheels. <laughs> it was a Barbie <laughs> version. <laughs> it's pink. I mean, you have to ask the question, right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, I'm looking at the headrest, like trying to find if there was somebody sitting in it. You know, why are, you know, why is it just sitting here with the lights on? Like what's going on? And, uh, I think I hear something to my right, which is, you know, that side of the house there. And it was Josh walking up. But at the same time, I see these two girls by my back door. And uh-huh. I said, listen, I was like, it's not your night. I don't have money. This is not going to work out. So. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So I went in like full freak out mode. I was like, you know, I went full blown like Gucci, you know, I was like, uh, get the, what the fuck are you guys doing in my backyard kind of thing? And so they went into their story about how they were new here and, you know, they're, they were just going home. Uh, they're living with their cousin. They're, they've only been here for a month and they came into the neighborhood and somebody started shooting at them. Hmm. So... Yeah, so I ended up calling the cops, and um, they were all showing up, and and they had the forensics team out there at this point because obviously there was you know gunshots involved, and uh, 
I did later uh, learn uh, this past weekend that they did find a bullet hole in the Jeep. So the guy shooting at these girls, they, he hit the target. He did hit their Jeep. He also hit somebody else's bumper in the neighborhood driving through. And, um, and of course, there was seven you know, bullet casings that the, that the guys found. And my neighbor's alarm, um, security system, you can listen back to the footage on that. And it was, in fact, seven shots. So they found them all. And pretty crazy just to uh, you know, have that stuff going on. Of course, my wife came out going like, what the hell is going on out here? And um, it, uh, it was kind of scary, not going to lie to you. I mean, our neighborhood's not known for that kind of stuff. I mean, we have people doing stupid stuff, but, you know, not driving through a neighborhood firing off shots, you know? <laughs> so I would hope not. Yeah, it's not like, you know, um, alternate 1988 kind of thing going on, you know, where Biff's in charge, you know? Mm. So uh, hopefully somebody got that. I got it. That was good. Yeah, that was good. Uh, but at any rate, yeah. So, um, that was pretty exciting. Um, it did make us kind of rethink how we do home protection and security systems and things like that. So we're kind of still in the process of, uh, figuring out what we're going to do, but, um, you know, yeah. Welcome to 2021. So, you know, full speed ahead. Yeah. That's sweet, dude. Yeah. So, uh, I guess we are going to talk a little bit. I, I did just get back from uh, Hell Extravaganza. And again, because of the fact that we're recording on a Sunday night uh, right after Hell Extravaganza, you know, I'll, I'll kind of touch on a few things. You know, Gucci, you were talking about the Logo 200. And um, Steve, the, I think it was Thursday night, in fact. Uh, Steve Yoon, he crashed in the camper. Uh, ben and Josh, of course, I drive the camper there. And uh, that was our home for the weekend. And... Steve was like, hey, I'm going to, you know, go fly the Logo 200. I got like six batteries or whatever. And so we went out there and we were all sort of like taking turns on it. And, uh, but he didn't have the canopy on it. And it, it started still, even under the lights, like it still kind of disappears. It's small, you know. And, mm -hmm. but he had, and I don't know if you want to do this, Gooch, but he, he ended up putting like orange vinyl you know, like an orange wrap on the boom. And man, what a difference that makes. It really does help make the boom a lot more visible, you know? I thought about doing that too. I mean, it's just, like I said, especially if you're flying with, in that kind of thing, you're not going to fly really as much in an open field, right? You're going to be flying in some funky place, either under lights, because right. who cares if you smash it, or in my case, there's a bunch of like trees and stuff in the background. Right. right. I mean, it's so, how the hell you flew that without a canopy is, <laughs> pretty impressive in and of itself i mean my goodness i can't fly a 700 without a canopy and i complain about the rock because i can see through it i can't imagine trying to fly a 200 size under lights without a canopy right right yeah it was so the only saving grace i have on mine is that i got the one the scheme that has the orange on the bottom of the canopy oh really yeah, so they have two logo has two the the it's like green and blue, and there's one that's like blue and orange, like it's almost like a cracking orange. Interesting. So it looks like you know when you invert it, you know when the nose is pointing at you because it's just pure orange at that point, especially inverted. Right. So that helps me initially. Like I was like, oh man, I really wanted the green and blue canopy, but after I've been flying it now for a little bit. 
Uh, that's the canopy to have because it's got that bright orange on it. Yeah, I don't orange. think I've even seen that orange canopy. That's kind of cool. I haven't. I don't think I've seen. Yeah. it. Look, look it up. It's it's. They have two versions, but the the one is like, um, it's got like I mean bright orange, and that helps out, you know. Because I agree, like that thing without a canopy, it's good luck. So is that the blue and orange one, or is that like the traditional like logo seven hundred one? It's like a traditional logo seven hundred one. Yeah, so I wonder like, that would be cool because I, you know, that would the, the, again the OCD in me wants to match my big mm-hmm. helicopters. So yeah, so cool. look for that one. But I, I, <laughs> yeah, so sorry, I, that, that, that was that, that one slipped out. My bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, when you're part of cults like you are, you know, you got to pay. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm not the one. I'm, the, I'm not the one who has a logo 200. I got you know. I go in old school. I can, you know, I'm OMP style. <laughs> OG. Yeah. Yeah. Well. So, did you guys fly it? Because he's got like a bunch of batteries for it. Because he's the one that introduced me to the Logo 200, to be honest. Yeah. 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 He, um, you know, uh, we, we all took a pull on it. I think Jay did. I did. Uh, I think Ben flew it. Um, uh, so, out of curiosity, how long do you guys get on a flight when you guys are flying? And what's your, you guys, I mean, what do you, what's your timer set to? Or whatever you're using, what do you got for flight time ish? Timer. What is what is that? Yeah. Well, I was <laughs> gonna say that's that's unfair because I'm flying stuff that's pretty ridiculous. So it's like you know. Well, I'm talking about on the OMP. I'm talking about the logo oh. joiner. I'm talking about that one particularly. So I could go in bank three, which is like 5,500 RPM. Yeah. And I fly it about four minutes. What? And it, yeah, and it comes down. I usually have roughly like 25 percent battery left in it so i've been flying mine at you know i don't know what the rpm is because i haven't tacked or anything but it's you know 90 percent throttle curve mm-hmm. and two and a half minutes in a 650 pack and i am toasting it i mean i'm at 80 right. I'm, I'm using 80 percent about two and a half minutes and i don't know if it's because i do a lot of like pirouetting kind of stuff with it and i do it the hard way i go left yeah. uh, which makes it work harder i don't know if that's what it is because i have a couple people that have told me yeah yeah four minutes no problem I'm like how the hell and, you know, and maybe I should be trying to fly at a lower RPM because it flies so darn good at the high RPM. Yeah. I bet it would fly fine at the low RPM, too, but I just. I, I think like I did. Flies at the high RPM. I think the low RPM I could probably fly for. I think I flew it one time in the beginning when I got it and it was like six minutes. Something crazy. Man, like I said, I'm, you know, I'm two, you know, two and a half minutes and it's. Yeah. You should get the, more I was than that. 95, I was at 95% throttle curve at one point and. Two minutes and like fifteen seconds, I could hear the RPM slowing down. Like I had to land. Like I, I put like I maniac seventy C batteries in it, and I put like six ninety two into my six fifties. Yeah, <laughs> barely broken. I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry, batteries. That was just rude. Yeah, I have to check to see what percentage you know, because it gives you the instructions. You know, what percentage they put into the V control. Yeah. And what that equates to roughly. Because I think it's 5,500, but don't hold me to it. I think it sounds to me like it's like 3,545 and then 55. But they have the same. Yeah, I've never, I I can't, I have such a hard time trying to get a, trying to get a read on that, you know, on that size. I know my fireball was like 5,000 because I tacked it one, I tacked it one time just because, but. Well, Steve had his at 5,500. It was a freaking bullet. I mean, yeah. it was insanely fast. I have to assume that that's probably about what I'm flying at. I get this is 90 plus percent, but I'm, I fly like a real asshole. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, 
Yeah, I, I mean, do stuff with it. it. To be honest, too, it's like it's not like I fly it hard, but at the same time, I still do like a bunch of pre-wedding stops, you name it, like all that good stuff. And I, I get every little bit of a, you know, three. I think today we flew like three, three minutes forty-five seconds, yeah. and it was, you know, it was rocking still. I think I have like twenty-nine percent left in that battery. That, oh, wow. That's impressive. That's, I, gotta, I may have to either reevaluate and try some lower RPM or something because, like I said, two and a half yeah. minutes is fun, but two and a yeah. half minutes goes by pretty quick, so I've been told. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good one, AJ. I'll try. <laughs> no, it's, it's it, I don't know. I would definitely go for something because, you know, like three and a half minutes is like the, the target, right? <laughs> So. Yeah, I mean, even three, you know, three, three and a half would be fine, but two and a half is, again, it just, it starts to, that's part of the reason, actually, I got away from the fireballs, because I was, that thing was about two and a half minutes, too. Um, so, yeah. yeah. I was hoping this was going to be better, but I really, I, I really like how this thing flies, though. It's really good. It is good. Mm. Yeah. And I had the cheap Explore version, too, that's all plastic fantastic and stuff, and it still flies pretty darn good. Yeah. Well, it was a good time. We had a lot of fun. Uh, it was definitely not, uh, it was just Thursday night, of course, so not a lot of people, you know, um, hanging out late. Um, I, I'm just going to go ahead and say this, too. I mean, um, every night was like that. Like, it had its peak where, you know, there was lots of people flying, but then it just drops off drastically. And it's still, like, early, you know? And um, it's definitely not the heli extravaganza that it was, you know, five years ago kind of thing. And I don't know why that is. Maybe people are saving their time for Modown. I don't know. I, I don't know. But you know, there's a lot of events on the East Coast in a really short period of time between what was it the Charm City got going on, Modown. Yeah. And I mean, that's all like, it's all within like a month, right? That's basically all within like four weeks or something like that, five weeks of each other. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty close together. It is, but even the people that were there, you know, like, I, it just kind of took me back a bit where I, or was, I was taken back by it just because I, I thought more people would get out there and, you know, fly under the lights and, and they didn't, you know. Um, mm. But, uh, that was all I did, you know, for, for that night. Uh, we, we did the Logo 200, and really and truly, like, we were the only ones that kind of did that. Maybe there was some people that flew before us, I think is what Jay was saying, possibly. But um, anyway, I don't want to say too much because I'm probably wrong. But it just, yeah, it just seemed very light the entire weekend where there wasn't a whole lot of night flying. Of course, I mean, you guys probably did see the Dan Renee night fly where you did it over the pond. Um, you couldn't see the pond because of the smoke. It was insane. Um, if you missed that, uh, I'm sure Freefall has it on their uh, Facebook page. Go to their videos. And I matter of fact, I know it's there because uh, Steve did video. But incredible flight there. Um, but Ben's back in the Nitro game. I was super stoked for him. And he's flying it as a 600. And uh, I'm going to tell you, um, this might be a bold statement, but pretty damn sure Ben had the best sounding 55 of the entire weekend. What? Why? Dude, it was dialed. Really? Oh my It's God. such a good engine, though. I mean, Gucci was talking about his. I mean, it's just that engine. I don't know what kind of weird Japanese magic they did to make that <laughs> engine, but like, 
my goodness, is that engine. And, and the crazy part is there's like a couple of different pipes that it works really well with, as opposed to some of the bigger ones where the pipe really matters. Mm-hmm. The 55, I mean, I'm pretty sure you can throw on a PVC pipe and the damn thing would still sound like <laughs> shit, but fly really good. The, uh, I don't know, like the 50, the, the 55, the HDR anyway, the, the, the regulated one. Yeah. It's such a good engine. It's yeah. You know what we call that, uh, AJ? P is PFM, pure fucking magic. Yeah, man. So you got well, two so- levels: pure magic and pure fucking magic. You <laughs> can't explain it. Yeah. So that does lead me to a different, to another point though that I kind of forgot to mention about my week. So when I was at Urcha, I picked up some engines from my actual, my very first sponsor, a company called Weston. Uh, they make they made engines. They're you, your uh, English company that made engines way back in the day. Um, that were all they weren't ringed they're abc engine so they're all so they're super type compression but that is the only engine i've ever flown that wasn't regulated that i didn't hate and so actually i picked up a couple of those at urcha so i'm pretty excited to throw them into something especially being out here where it doesn't get cold because trying to start that thing in the cold without you know with the super tight compression was almost impossible but i'm pretty excited to fly those again too in either a 556 or a 580 or something like that. I don't know what I'm going to put it in yet, but it's such a fun little engine. But that's the only engine I've ever found of that size that could compete with the with the uh, OS55. I mean, it just just runs, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was sounding good. Um, I yeah, I'm going to stand by it. I think he had the best sounding 55 of everyone there, and uh, it was incredible. Well, maybe Dan Murnane, but I wasn't quite paying attention to his except for the pond flight, but. But yeah, for you know Ben, for you know him being new to fifty fives, he he's using the M Studio and um, and so yeah, we we were doing a little tweaking on it and whatever else, and uh, it was pulling hard. I mean, it was it was flying good. So um, he's super stoked about it. Um, Gucci got me back in the Nitro game, and as you guys know, he sent me the Kraken Nitro. What a good friend. You crashed a bunch of times at Urcha? Yeah. So he just tried. I keep telling him to crash it, and he just didn't want to crash it. <laughs> oh, he's too busy crashing his own stuff, freaking yeah. his own yeah. <laughs> Right. Well, so, you know, again, we got it together, got it all buttoned up. Uh, I think Friday morning, um, they're all like, man, we got to go to breakfast. I'm like, no. I'm like, you guys go. I do whatever you want. I don't care. But this nitro is <laughs> getting built today. And, um, so we get it done and I went to go do a test flight on it and it was no more than 20 or 30 seconds. And all of a sudden it went, went, went you know, just kind of like, and it almost had this kind of crispy sound to it too. And I was like, Ooh, that doesn't sound good. But, uh, problem is, is that, um, when you're putting engines together and redoing bearings, it's, um, it's usually helpful to tighten the head down. Just throwing that I mean, out there for people who, you know, are new to that. This whole thing with compression, and I think their compression changes. Some people, you know, some people just put an extra, uh, you know, put an extra washer in there. But you, you just decide to, you know, yeah, just leave yeah. it loose and have that variable compression. Well, that's right. Yeah. Fuck it all, right? Yeah. Just fuck it. I mean, pretty much, I, I remember, you know, snugging them, and I was going to go back and, and retighten them all down. Uh, and of course I, I did tighten the back plate bolts and of course the carb, you know, and stuff like that. And those were, those were all tight. Uh, but yeah, for whatever reason, I, I didn't go back and, and tighten the ones on the head. So luckily 
we got it back to uh, the camper, started tearing into it, and the ring was shiny. Uh, at least it, it was just off black. Like you could tell that it was, it was really close to just being, you know, done. The piston was beautiful. Nothing wrong with it. Sleeve looked fine. Pop the head back on, tighten it and snug it up. And uh, we figured we would go out to a different section of Triple Tree to do quote unquote uh, test flying because I also had to test fly a Kraken. And um, we can go into greater detail about that later. But um, we we all headed out to the actual heli field when Joe Nall is doing its deal. So the heli field is like right up at the front of the entrance. And so there was a guy that was doing uh, mowing of the field that is next to the 3D flight line. And that's why we ended up just saying, you know, let's just go up to the front. So we get up there and uh, I put this nitro up again and I'm like, oh God, it sounds so much better now. Thank goodness. But it did feel a little worn out uh, at this point. Um, but Zach Waddell noticed that there was something not right with the boom. And I was in total denial. I was like, no, it'll be fine. It's, it's, it's okay. <laughs> it's no big deal. We're going to we're by God, we're going to make it through a gallon of fuel this weekend. It, it's going to happen. And they're like, mm -hmm. no, it's not. And I'm like, nah, it'll be fine. It, we'll, we'll work out the tail wag. It's no problem. We'll get it fixed because it had this horrible tail wag. And um, so they all got looking at it. And they're like, yeah, no, Zach's right about this. It, there's something not right. The, the plate, you know, is coming loose from the boom. And uh, there's like that molded metal plate. And, and, and to be fair, I mean, that boom was very used. And we were very lucky to get our hands on it at Urcha. Uh, thank you, Scott Etzler. But um, it, uh, it just was not happy at Hill Extravaganza. It was like, nah, I'm taking this weekend off. And uh, so I was, I was back to being frustrated again. Because I'm like, man, this always happens. There's always some just BS that happens. If any of my helis have a nitro engine in it, it doesn't necessarily mean that the nitro engine is going to be the problem, but the helicopter is going to be a problem too. Like there will be something keeping me from having a successful flight with a nitro. And it's been that way since I've gotten back in the hobby. And so <laughs> I messaged Gucci and Tom. We have a, a little group that we chit chat in and I was like, fucking nitro, you know? And I go into detail, whatever, and all of a sudden I get a message back from Gooch, and he says, uh, "Your boom is ready at the OFH uh, OFH trailer. You just need to uh, go pick it up." And I was like, "No, no, no, no!" I'm like, "Don't, don't do that." And he's like, "Too bad, it's already done. It's paid for. Go get it." And I'm like, "Fuck!" <laughs> like, damn it, Gooch. Thank I'm you, Gooch. But enabler. damn it, Gooch. <laughs> I'm such an enabler. You oh, are, I'm so yeah. right. I mean, even even my wife, she shook her head. She was just like, God, you guys. I was like, he's an enabler. I know that. She says, yeah. I was like, but I was like, this time it worked. And went and got the boom and Ben got to work on it. You know, got everything switched over and we mounted it back up. And later on, we went and test flew it again. And yes, the engine was not quite right. I was trying to lean it out a bit. I didn't want to go too far because, you know, obviously it's at this point, it's kind of worn out some, right? And uh, 
But then I'm flying it, and all of a sudden, <laughs> I'm inverted doing some flippy-do-whatever or something, and all of a sudden, it starts pirouetting on its own. I'm like, son of a bitch, you know? I'm like, this is it? I just, I'm, I'm <laughs> never going to make it through a tank of fucking fuel. And... I, you know, just from doing this a lot, I'm going to brag, whatever, I brag, I don't know, whatever. Uh, you know, I, 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 I don't panic anymore when I crash. Like, it's not, that's not something I do. Because if you panic, then you're really not going to think clearly and your shit's going in, right? So, I didn't panic. Facts. I just, yeah, I just kind of was like, well, you know, I mean, it's not like I can't do pirouetting things. So grabbed throttle hold, pirouetted it over, and landed it on the skids. And everybody was like, how the fuck? Because they were convinced it was going in. So and I got a question for you then, Skids. So do you remember how you got it from pirouetting to the ground? Do you, do you remember that? If you, if you thought back about it, do you actually remember how you, what you did? Or like how, what it was like between when you started pirouetting to when you got to the ground? Um, so if my it's it's stages right first things first is like okay it's pirouetting i'm not making it do that grab throttle hold try to minimize any damage i can it's not necessarily a smart thing to do if you are faster than i am because what you could do of course is leave it and maybe try to get a little bit of height to speed the blades up and then pirouette it over then grab throttle hold right Depends on how high you are to start with, right? But yeah, and I was probably six-ish feet, seven feet off the ground, you know? Oh, that's not very high. Yeah, I probably would have tried to go up a little bit. Yeah, so I um, I just immediately grabbed throttle hold to hopefully minimize whatever I could. But it, I just remember it getting into a certain moment of rotation where then I just kind of stirred it back over. And of course, yes, it lost a lot of head speed doing that because it's in throttle hold. But it was just enough that I was able to, and all of a sudden it sort of stopped pirouetting, right? Because it kind of gets to a point yeah. where it doesn't do that anymore. And, well, so especially uh, if you, if it was, a, if it was a, you know, if it was a drive issue, all of a sudden you don't have that load anymore, right? So you don't have, or you don't have that. It's you know, you don't need the anti rotation anymore. It changes things, right? So. Right, right. So the reason I was asking though is because I'm a little bit different. So there was a story that went around Heli Hangout uh, a few months ago during the last San Diego fun fly out here. Uh, I was flying Frank uh, Moradelio's Protos Nitro in the tailcase, decided that it didn't need to be a part of the helicopter anymore. <laughs> right. Um, so the weird thing about, you know, kind of a weird me thing is that I don't remember at all what happened from when I noticed it start to pirouetting, when I saw the tailcase go until when I was basically pirouetting right side, or, you know, basically when I was about three or four feet above the ground. Right. I don't remember at all what happened in between. Mm. My mind works in such a weird way that, like, when I have to actually focus on something, because this was flying someone else's helicopter right. with someone else's V control. I don't fly V control, so you know there's 12 different throttle hold switches that all do different things, and I'm like, <laughs> I don't remember where any of them are. All I know is they're not where mine are. Um, but I don't. My mind goes into this whole thing where I can either I call it either I can read or I can write. Yeah. And if I have to if I have to read from the memory, I don't get to write the memory anymore. Right. So I don't remember. It's it's a weird thing that, and I'm curious. I was curious if you were the same way. That I just I don't remember so, it all happens between when I saw the tailcase fuck off the helicopter until when I got it to a point that I could actually like, all right, I'm good. Like now I can, it's just regular flying now. No, I landed. To answer that question, it, it's the exact same. 
it's not like I was thinking, oh, just push left, right, up, and down, you know, and you just kind of, you know, you're stirring it around thinking those inputs. It's just, I just sort of did it because obviously I'm comfortable doing pirouetting things. Yeah. And, and it was kind of like, I hope I catch it right. But it's not like I'm, I'm thinking through the tail rotation. It's just kind of, it gets to yeah. a certain spot where it's comfortable and you're like, okay, pirouette it over. And you do just sort of do it instinctively, I guess you could say. Well, it's even more so to me though. Like, I don't remember what I don't. I have a gap in my memory from when the helicopter was, I don't know, forty, fifty feet in the air, or whatever, when it started doing its own thing, to when I was about three feet in the, you know, about when I got to down to about three feet. I don't remember right. any of how it got there. It, like, it, it's you know, it's that plus right. Like, anything like anything like that is the kind of the instinctive thing. Someone was like, "Oh, how'd you do that maneuver?" Huh? Yeah, I mean, you you could use the word instinctive or you could say just muscle memory, right? You, you, you're used to... I prefer to use the term muscle memory. I, yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. Something about it. There's something else. I just, I, the muscle memory seems to fit better for me. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm the same way, though. It's kind of like your your mind goes kind of blank, but you're in, you're fixing it at the same time, you know? Um and you just you're just trying to do what you can to get it back over and hope that you can minimize damage the best you can and uh and it did you know i it landed and everybody was like holy crap i can't believe you just landed that and um you know so that's why you got all that street cred that's why you're the host there kids <laughs> yes whatever uh, but um what was the problem i forget now hang on uh tail pulley was loose Yes, thank you. Sounds cool. Yeah. Uh, so, I think Ben, you know, started going straight into mechanic mode, and uh, he was like, "Yeah." He goes, "Your uh, the tail output shaft, or somebody said the tail output shaft is is coming out," and so um, that's when we noticed that the uh, set screw was, you know, had left the, it didn't leave the party. It just, you know, loosened up. So, uh. Then I can't remember what we did because that was like right during the raffle. They were doing like the raffle thing, and me and Steve were flying. Um, but yeah, I didn't fly it again until that evening because I actually fixed it before I went and flew that flight that you guys saw on video. And um, you know, of course, I when I tighten things down, I tighten it down to the point where the the tool is flexing. <laughs> yeah, buddy. <laughs> Yeah, you don't strip, you don't break heads off of screws or strip screws ever, though. I'm sure doing that. No, no well, the 1.5, it will, yeah, we, we, it, yeah. I've had my moments. Um, but uh, I've, I've gone through more than one, more than one or two of the uh, 1.5 because, yeah, he's gonna use your pink. Yeah, I try to be careful with 1.5s, man, because even like using Loctite and then snugging it up, thinking like, yeah, this is good right here. Don't go anymore. You'll break the tool. You know what I mean? Or whatever. Uh, at that point, it's too far. <laughs> yeah. Just use, you know, Loctite instead, you know. Yeah. Or clean your screws. Mm-hmm. Just cross thread it. No, you don't need Loctite. That's right. Yeah, if it's not cross threaded, it's not tight. Yeah. That's right. If it goes in, you just buy a new kit. Yeah. But yeah. So fix Big that. Style. <laughs> fix that. And, um, you know, it was like, holy crap, here we go again, you know. But uh, the last flight, of course, you know, under the lights, um, uh, man, the temperature was just right outside. And, I mean, even with the ring being shiny or, you know, right on the verge of being super shiny, I mean, it pulled like a freaking monster. And uh, it was a fun flight. So go out to Freefall, check it out. The video's out there. It was good. The high needle was a little lean, but it was good. 
<laughs> what a dick! Uh, oh god! But yeah, uh, no, it was it was singing. I uh, I thought it was great, but uh, um, I was yeah. jelly the whole time, dude. Yeah. But I did. I actually managed to to crack open another gallon of Rotor Rage. I I'm finally check this out. You're gonna love this. I, <laughs> I finally made it through. How many do I have left? I got one, two, no one. I had a half a gallon and two gallons of Rotor Rage. Right? Is that right? I might still have the other one here. Anyway, I'll have to check. But I finally made it through the like better than half gallon that I had that I've been holding on to for like the last three years. No shit. Yep. Like I've been Gucci, trying to get Gucci through. got him rotor rage on the way down to a spring fling. Yeah. Three years ago. But just yeah. using the term <laughs> rotor rage, that dates you a little bit at this point, right? Like that's, that's yeah. Right. At least a year. Yeah. It was such good fuel. Yeah. So I do have another gallon of that left, maybe two. I think it's just the one, possibly. But at any rate, uh, finally got to crack open another one. Thank God. And um, you know, uh, I do have a case. What he didn't tell you is that he has an electric fuel pump and he just left it running for like twenty minutes and got a sandwich or something like that. So just leaked into the muffler and had to empty the whole muffler out. But, oh, oh, just killed it. Didn't actually killed fly. It. It just you know, just wow. filled up the muffler. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it was a good time. It was a great weekend. It was good to see everyone. Uh, big thank. We might touch on this again when Scott gets back, so that way he can tell his side of it. But uh, big thanks to Jay Treadway, uh, Ray Lepper, and of course Leslie. Um, you guys are fucking awesome, and uh, you know it was it was good times to be had. And um, you know, as I was telling these guys, I I really. It, I just wanted to to hang out with friends and fly with friends and uh you know uh Ben and Josh and, and Steve you know they wanted to fly down at the end so they could fly a much bigger box and uh the the open end uh of the field down there and so I was like sure let's do it let's pat you know pile in over there and um and so we hung out with Chris Nutt and uh Maynard and uh of course Marcus Kim we hung out with him as well and uh and it was purpose, you know, it was just, I was like, man, I just want to bust out flights all day and just have a good time. And, and that's what I did, you know? So I, uh, I, a lot of times it doesn't feel like I get to do that. Uh, you know, it's either you're talking with people or you're running around, you know, you know it's always something kind of going on. And I was like, no, we're going to charge and fly. We're going to, we're going to do this. And, uh, and we did, we had a good time. So it was a lot of fun. Um, it was it was awesome to have the camper there. Not going to lie. Um, me and Ben were talking about that because it's kind of like I said, I was like, you know, you wrenched on this helicopter right now. I was like, we could be out underneath that canopy in 90 degrees, you know, baking in the freaking sun and wrenching on helis to get these things ready to fly. I'm like, how awesome would that be? <laughs> and he was like, nah. He's like, I'm, I'm all about camper life now. <laughs> Hashtag. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, we we were very thankful to have the the camper there. And, you know, um, except for the fact that they're like a couple fucking polar bears. My God. You mm-hmm. know, it's like 55 degrees outside. And they're like, can you turn it down to fucking 65 in here? Like, what the fuck? It's hot as balls. I'm yeah. Like, it's fucking 72. The fuck are you talking about? Too hot. So, yeah. I'm like, oh, my God. So I'm like, well, then go sleep outside. What the fuck? 
Kick him out. Done. Goodbye. <laughs> Get out. Yeah. It's funny that you talk about that. I'm sure we'll hit on this later, but the last time I was at Extravaganza, I slept in a semi truck. Um, yeah. When I was there, and like I said, I'm sure we'll hit on that a little bit later, but yeah, it was God, the last time was I was that? there. What year was that? As before 2012, it must have been. I moved out here in 2012, 2011. So, no, sorry. It was 2015, maybe. Oh, 2015, wow. 2014, 2015 was the last time I was there because I moved out here in 2016. And the year before that, 2015, I worked for some place that wasn't experienced. So, it must have been, must have been like 2014. Oh, wow. What'd you guys do? Just like set, set a cot or something and sleep in the back of the no. trailer? No, it was because we, I, I didn't sleep in that trailer. We slept in the actual semi itself. We had, we got the, uh, Oh, okay. Steve would rent the, uh, the semi with the actual, like the sleeper beds in there. Right. So we would sleep in the front part in the actual truck part. Um, okay. and yeah, at night we'd, we'd sleep there, which is interesting, but it's, yeah, it was, it was all right. Who drove the truck there? Steve, he, uh, Right before I got I started working there, he got a CDL because uh, they decided they were going to get the they were going to get the semi for Urcha and then you know a couple other things. He used it for I think really only extravaganza and blowout. Right. But yeah, Steve uh, McFall got his CDL, so he was the driver. And actually, it was I didn't drive with him down to blowout because I was you know it was too many days I would have been out of the shop. Right. But he and I were the ones that would drive down to uh, to Triple Tree because that was a we could do that in two days. Yeah. Uh, from Michigan, so it was. Tell you what, some of the windies going through North Carolina in a semi are a little different. <laughs> oh man, yeah, no <laughs> doubt, crazy. I always wondered that. I was always curious to know who, if you you guys paid a driver or whatever. But. No, no, always did that. And even at Urcha, uh, Steve would generally sleep in the uh, in the truck. But crazy, good deal. Yeah, it was different, yeah. inconvenient, but a little weird. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. So, like I say, I mean, we. I, I kind of want to wait for Scott to kind of finish that up a little bit, but uh, I did want to go ahead and, and shoot a big thanks to those who put on the event, and uh, it was it was as always a great time. Um, I I don't know how many people were there. It felt like it was low numbers. Um, because it did feel. I, I I hate to say it, but it feel it felt a little quiet. You know what I mean? Um. It's not like uh, uh, Spring Fling or whatever. You, you know what I mean? 140 people, like, you know it. it's 140 people, you know? And so it, it felt well, a even, even if you're just on the 3D line, Triple Tree is so damn big that it's like Urcha, right? So there's whatever there was, whatever, 400 people, whatever at Urcha, but it seemed really low or 300, whatever the number they ended up with. Yeah. When the fly line's that damn big, it just seems like the numbers are, people are a little bit more spread out. Yeah. I don't know what the final number was. We'll, we'll find out for sure. Uh, but, you know, it, um, yeah, I'd be really interested to know. They did do the auto contest. And I thought it was Darren Lee from, well, can, can you say from Synergy? I don't know if you can say from Synergy. He was sporting his jersey. We'll just say from from Synergy. I don't <laughs> know if that's a thing anymore. I don't really know. Uh, Throwback. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, maybe he's stuck in time. I don't know. But um. But yeah, he was there with. Um. Uh, I say a few of his kids just because. Um. Darren has a pile of kids. Um. He's got quite a few kids. I think like six or seven, six kids maybe. It's crazy. Anyway. Um. But 
But yeah, he he won the auto contest. He put on some amazing flights. Uh, Darren's a very accomplished pilot. Like he's he's no slouch. Um, so it was pretty cool. Jason Bell was there. It was always good to see him. Of course, Frank. Um, who else? Anybody that? Uh... Chris Barnes came up from Florida. Thank you, Chris, for the tail blades. He gave me those because I was the the 105s. I think that I had on there were just not quite doing it, and uh, and so he hooked me up with the 115s. So good stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to remember if there was anybody else. Uh, of course, Ting uh, Ting Ming was Ting Yang Ming. Is that what it is? Yeah, he was there. Um, Marcus Kim, of course, showed up. Uh, I like Marcus because I feel taller on Marcus. <laughs> Uh, he's such a good dude. So, yeah, he's such a good dude. A hell of a pilot. I mean, he just, I, well, it's like you kind of forget that he was as good as he was, and he just is a ridiculously good pilot. He just, it's so technical and it's so precise always. Like, it seems like he could not fly for years and come back and just lay down these ridiculously awesome flights. He crazy. can. He can, except that I was the douchebag behind him, and he went up for a flight. I think it was with the Protoss Nitro, and of course... I've flown his nitro and it's freaking dialed and his nitro engines always sound amazing. And, um, and so he, it's pulling hard. And so, uh, I'm standing back there just shit talking to him. I'm like, is that as low as you can get, you know? And, and so Steve's standing there and, and I was like, Hey, uh, 2009 called it wants his fucking maneuvers back. <laughs> oh, Jesus, dude. Awesome. <laughs> And uh, and so I'm I'm just shit talking him the entire time and and I was like I was like maybe next flight you'll get a little bit lower you know and I kind of it kind of like pissed him off I, whatever but he I was like maybe you should do it next time then he all of a sudden he gets like super low he's like really getting it down on the deck and and I don't know if anybody's ever seen Marcus do it but he used to have like this one particular maneuver that. It was it was like very half pirouette kind of or half pirouetting you know thing or whatever, but or uh, half piro excuse me, uh, where he would he would grab like blades of grass at the same time. I don't, if anybody's ever seen it, you know what I'm talking about. But he would do it all the time. Like that was kind of his thing, is because he was a very low pilot. Like he would he would you know fly very very low, and um. And so I was trying to you know talk him into that too. I'm like, come on. I was like, man, do some of that Aurora you know, like clip the blades of grass, you know, maneuver thing that you used to do, you know, and, and just do anything I could to, to shit talk him. And, uh, and he paid me back full circle. I was doing this one, uh, flight with the raw and 14 S and like 2,400 head speed, you know, whatever. And, and, uh, you know, I had some people behind me that made me a little nervous. And of course then Marcus pipe, I hear this little voice from the back. He's like, can't you get in that thing any lower than that? <laughs> I was like, son of a bitch. So he, he paid me back full, you know? And, um, but yeah, it was just fun to, uh, to have a good time with him. Hopefully he didn't take anything personal. I don't think he did, but, uh, you know, it was, it was fun to see him and, uh, hang he's out. Fine. To, yeah. He's such a good dude. He's a good sport. He is. He is. Um, uh, I think that's all I got. I mean, you know, Curse Rich, Telerotor, um, you know, uh, Monty was there. Um, I think Steve was the only free fall guy there. So Andy couldn't make it. And, uh, but at any rate, it was a good time. So we'll uh, we'll try and touch on more uh, once Scott gets back, and you know hopefully he can put his two cents into, and um, 
Maybe we'll pull some. Maybe we'll pull some people on that were there. What do you think of that? Oh, uh, yeah. Maybe get on a scene. Along. Yeah. Don't threaten me with a good time now. Yeah. So maybe we'll try and do that for next time. But uh, we should get Cliff and find out what happened with his table. Oh man, he's still searching for the cameraman. I don't know why. But hmm. apparently the cameraman was like a big deal to him. He's like, I just want to know who was filming it. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Hmm. So he uh, he's on the hunt for the cameraman. Not sure why, but he is bound and determined to find that guy. Odd. Yeah. Hmm. But Cliff's stuff ended up out in the lake on a boat. <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> I'm watching this thing at like, I don't know, like one o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And I'm like, just shaking my head. I'm like, oh man, this is too funny. Yeah. So instead of like taking his stuff out of the boat, he just dragged the boat right up beside his camper, left the table in it and was like, fuck it. I'm going to use it for the entire weekend. And that's where he put all his stuff was in the boat and on the table. (laughs) So, yeah. Good for him. Good for him. Yep. You just you can't fall asleep around Jay Treadway, apparently. Nope. You just can't. You can't. No. Nope. Gotta wait for him to fall asleep first. The story I got was is that I guess Cliff and Rodney prank each other and it's become a thing where, you know, something's gonna happen. Hmm. And of course Rodney, he's trying to play innocent, you know. He was like he goes, I'm telling you, I didn't do anything. He's like it might have been my idea, but I didn't do anything because I was in bed. You know I was in bed. And I'm like, <laughs> if it was your idea, you're, you're kind of there to be blamed too. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. As you would. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, to my knowledge, Jay was like, he goes, I got to carry it out. He goes, Rodney had to go to sleep, but he goes, we're going to get this done. And uh, I was like, oh, Lord. But, uh, yeah. So... Yeah, they, oh, oh, so the best part was, I guess, is that, uh, I think it was Steve took a picture of the boat with the table in it and the chair, all set up in the boat, and it was like underneath the bridge, you know, there in that little back pond, so Steve took a picture of it and posted it, so then Eric shows up with a blown up, like, mountable, it looked like a canvas, you know, like with this printed picture of what Steve took. And they snuck it into uh, Cliff's trailer and <laughs> set it up in his trailer so he'd have a picture. <laughs> I mean, it was huge. It's the size of a poster. And, uh, you know, he, he has this picture of the the bridge with the, the boat and all his shit in the boat. <laughs> it was awesome. I was talking to Eric. He said, I saw that picture. All I could do was print. Yeah, yeah. So it was amazing. Mm. It was great. But... Uh, yeah, so nice. it was a good time. But anyway, I digress. Shall we move this uh, this party along? Should I suppose we? we shall. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Mm, right. Who's going for it? I think we're just gonna we're gonna have a stand in. You guys ready? By the way, yep. he said he wants his royalties, and then I hit him back with, "Well, you know, we do commercials for you, so where's our royalties, right?" So, so are we checking to make sure that you actually hit record or are we going to go on like V like 12 now? This is, this is around that time, right? So it is it's been a solid right. hour, been a solid hour and five. So this seems about right. <laughs> we are good to go. You ready? Here we go. What is hot?
There it is. So right. aggressive. So yeah. aggressive. Yeah. Glad I glad I don't have to use it. You can use all my old ones for really horrible outtakes because I was <laughs> oh. just I was awful at this last time. And I'm not trying to do it again. Oh man. Well. It's all you rough. Yeah. What you got, man? Anything hot? Some things, right? right? So let's switch it up because last time we talked about a product, but I know we also brought out some stuff in the end about the all the new pilots circling around to the new teams. Okay. So let's start with that hotness first. Let's do it. Mm, so we took we took some uh we tried to put in our uh so to speak, our guesses to who the XL Power pilots were. And we were wrong. Were we? I mean, I thought it was Kyle Stacy, but what do I know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't Kyle. So the newest. You know who I really thought it was was Bert. Oh, <laughs> oh man. You know that, that seems like that seems like something Bert would do for sure. Is just to be like, you know what? I'm gonna be that guy. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna post. You know, that he seems like that new. You know, as much as he likes change and you know new yep. things, it seems like Bert seems like just the guy for a new a uh, new adventure. Time for a new Nitro. New Nitro, you know. Yeah, mm. I thought it was Mitch Pricer, but I was wrong. Mm. <laughs> you just, God, you just lost. Yeah, you wow. just lost half the half the people. Everyone's like three quarters. Oh. I don't, man. I've been <laughs> I've been in this forever, and that's a blast from my past. Holy shit, man! Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, Jesus. Next, you're gonna say Alex Rodriguez. Oh wow! So who was the big addition to XL Power? Without further ado, it was Nick Brandon Maxwell. Lower. Oh, <laughs> right. It was Brandon Lower was yeah. uh, Robert Monty. I don't know if we talked about that. Yeah. But the big name, the the big Kahuna, the XL Power added was Nick Maxwell. Tang Ye- Oh, sorry. Wow. <laughs> he was the entertainer. That was that was, that was the the big D nickname for him. Yeah. So you know yeah. you got Luke Warm hands here. You got to gotta have the entertainer too. Right. You know? I'm so entertained right now. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest though. I did. I watched the video that he posted of the new one, and I was I was pretty entertained. It was it was not bad. Yeah. I mean, I watched it from my couch, which is kind of anti Nick, right? But like, <laughs> you know, like, other than that, it was really cool. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, no, it was it was amazing. Yeah, it's good. Tell us how you really feel. I'm still salty about Battle of the Brands. Holy shit! Yeah, I'm gonna be honest. I didn't even know a video came out. So <laughs> you didn't watch it. No, that's pretty what good. Video? A video of Nick? Oh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I had no idea. Man, you should have known, Kyle. This is that's what you do, right? When you, when you join SAB, Facebook. did you come out with? Well, when you when you joined SAB, did you do a video? I don't know. That was like twenty-seven years ago. <laughs> yes, you did. By the way, I don't know. we shall name him Kyle, and he's did, also did you joining SAB. You did a video he this said, weekend. Yeah. You do videos all the time. Fuck off. He said. No, he said twenty-seven anything. years ago. He shit was doing it from the womb. He was like, Fuck, <laughs> I got it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get into that in the second half too. That kid's been flying forever, though. Yeah. Yep. I mean, heck, I think between you, Kyle, and Nick Maxwell, and gosh, Kyle Dahl. I mean, all of you started when you were like barely could walk, right? Mm. Give or yeah, take. pretty much. Five years old. Nah, feel it since I was two. Flying since I was five. So carried my helicopter since you were two. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Back in the day. Back in the day. He was still taller than you at two. No, he was not actually. Thank you. We get to that <laughs> second part of this whole thing, but no, goddamn it, I was taller than him. Thank you. <laughs> not by much. Not by much. much and not for very long, but it happened. <laughs> hey, AJ, AJ, what happened, man? 
I, he kept growing and I stopped. <laughs> oh, he, I mean, it, 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 to be fair, Ray, like Kyle's dad, is a much taller person than my dad. I mean, you know, they, they flew together and whatnot. My dad is my height minus a little bit. And he's, he's, so is Kyle's, except it's Kyle's height minus maybe a little bit. But AJ's like Futaba. It takes a while to grow up. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. I just don't do that. I just stopped. Oh, I just stopped. Man, that's a good one. I don't uh, stop. I stop going. I stop moving up. So. <laughs> you don't level up. See what happens. Mm-mm. Yeah, I'm a plateau. That's like my flying. No, my height is like my flying. I was okay for a little bit, and then I plateaued, and I'm like, I'm gonna get better. I'm gonna grow more, and then it just didn't happen. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, those are the big names, which I, I find interesting. That to me, that was uh, a big change, I guess, um, in the hobby world. So definitely worth. Uh, be mentioned in the Vatis Hot, but we did have some products too. Well, product that I saw, which was the new X Guard IntelliSwitch from Augie. Nice. Yeah. So it looks like it's a switch, you know, like a power on switch that you would put on a nitro, but it's got a dual solid state relay and aircraft locator buzzer, massive 120 amp solid state relays. Mm. Like, when are you ever going to pull 120 amps on a nitro on, when you're just powering servos? No. I tell you what. Let me try. What? <laughs> cool whip. Cool whip. What, cool. what do you think, Kyle? 30 amps? I, have, I couldn't even give you a number, but it's nowhere near 120. <laughs> I can tell you that much. So we could safely say that you'll definitely not fry that because you overdrew power through it. No. You're not no, flying no at 2,700 RPM, Kyle. Not yet. Not yeah. yet. <laughs> so it's saying that the current capacity is limited by the cable wires used. Switch itself can handle 240 amps. 240 amps? That's... 240 amps seems excessive. Like, I, I don't know, like, MKS servos don't even draw that much. Like, they're, I mean, they draw a lot, but they don't even draw <laughs> 240 amps. Man, wow. Like... wow. Mm-hmm. Like, so, I mean, it just it's that, I mean two hundred. I mean it's super cool. Like I, but I just like why? Like why? how much would you pay? How much would you pay for such a switch, AJ? I mean, I would pay for a switch that I can trust like that. I probably would pay upwards of, especially considering it can handle two hundred forty dollars. I bet I would pay upwards of sixty dollars, maybe sixty five dollars, something well, like that. Hold on, hold on, hold on, yeah. cool it like. This says can handle up to 240 amps, <laughs> but it's pre-installed with 14 gauge cables compatible with your EC3s and XT60s. That's what it says. Copy pasted. So I mean, you really you need to put the they need to have like RC Pro Plus like D6s on there or something like that because yeah, your flight back you really need like D6s, yeah, S8s, whatever they are these days. <laughs> Then we could make this thing work with the zero gauge. So here's what I want to know. I, it, it certainly seems like we could run this as a legitimate switch between, like, a motor and an ESC. That's what I was going for. Put it between my battery and the ESC. Right. So that seems like that seems like we could, you know, you talk about a safety switch. You could do that with the correct cables. I mean, it's pre-installed with a or a 14 gauge, but you know, on a 580, you could you could probably even get away with that. All day long. I've never pulled over 120, no, 130 amps on a 580. So, all day so, long. So, I mean, yeah, so you can do that with some, like, again, like, D6s or something like that. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you have the safest switch ever. That'd be sick. 
right? Like, I mean, wouldn't that be kind of cool to like, if you're, you know, you're not running a BC or something like that, you're just, you know, you're plugging it in, but you're trying to do your setup and you don't want to worry about throttle hold or anything like that. You mm-hmm. put one of these X-Guard and Teleswitches on there with a different connector. Hmm. XGuardRC.com. Hold on one second. Mm-hmm. Well, how many volts can you handle, though? Doesn't matter. Uh, the part. <laughs> <laughs> AJ, uh, check your phone. Less. Augie's guaranteed calling you right now. <laughs> I, I would guess he's not calling me. He might be calling someone to complain about me, but I'm guessing he's not calling me. <laughs> no, I just found it interesting because it's only forty. He's got it like marked up for forty four ninety nine, forty five bucks. Yeah, well, I said I would pay. I'd pay upwards of sixty for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, sounds like a deal. Don't say that too loud, AJ. Hey man, I would only pay fifteen. Maybe maybe <laughs> seventeen because that's all I have in my bank account right now. <laughs> okay, Scott. Yeah, okay, Scott. seventeen dollars. That's all I got. Uh, I'm buying Boom for. Not, yeah, not all of us can be buying houses like you. Listen, I was I was buying uh, you know, a friend of Boom. I'm literally down to seventeen dollars in my funds account. I'm gonna <laughs> take care of you. Don't worry about it. I don't worry about it. He's not going to give you money, but he's going to take care of you. Don't, don't you. don't you worry. I told him I was... Be, you know, he's got a camper now. That next fun fly is going to be real fun for you. Well, I was going to tell him that just don't forget if I ever buy it back from you, you're going to have to credit me the, the $78. I guess if you're coming down to Queen City, it would be really nice of me to bring the camper, wouldn't it? I don't think that's going to happen, though. Oh. Because that's literally... The weekend before, all the movers are coming to move everything, so we got to get the apartment and everything ready. Well, you got movers. You're Gucci, Gucci. Well, yeah, dude. I am breaking my back. You don't understand. You do. You get when you get to your fourth house, you realize what's worth it. What's yeah. worth to pay for? Mm-hmm. Well, so that's why Kyle's selling all of his couches. It's less to be like you know, less to get that real you know. You have mm-hmm. no idea. How much like that, you know, he's just not trying to move it. You know. You Do you have a washer and dryer to move, Kyle? No, but I got a, a bedroom set and a couch, and I got Manny Nito and Burt Cameron on speed dial, so we're good. <laughs> Manny, he's gonna call you out. There's something wrong here. There's something wrong here. I want to see. I cannot. You gotta record Burt doing that because I want to hear him complain the entire time. He's gonna complain before he gets there, while he's there, and then after he goes home. So, and then just so you know, you're not gonna get, get movers. Paycheck that week. Yeah, he, he's doing it for free, but your paycheck may get lost that week. <laughs> oh, did I, did I give you a paycheck? I'm sorry. I helped you move. Fuck you. Yeah. Well, that's kind of all I saw, really, that was kind of hot and heavy uh, when it comes to various hot products-wise. Can you guys think of anything else? Because I... Yeah, I don't... I mean... Oh, Kevin, what was that thing you sent? The T-Rex 800 Reborn times mm. seven? <laughs> They're trying to revive the uh, super combo. Yeah, and it's like I think so I saw like, a price tag like fifteen hundred something. Fourteen something. It was under fifteen hundred dollars. I was like, what? Huh? For an eight hundred with with servos, and, yeah. ESC, uh, motor. The only thing you need to put on there is a fly bar unit and a battery. Well, when they package it up with ten sets of tail gears, I'll buy it. <laughs> I, I was going to make a joke that we're on, you know, more versions of this episode as, than they've been on Tail Gears. For that <laughs> <laughs> uh, Not saying something. But it's it's crazy. Like, I don't know where that came from, but it was definitely, that's, de- yeah, we just see that too. Why are 800s a thing again? Like, with all, you know, I, and I, I mean this in the most respectful way. I mean, between the Maverick Urukai 800, whatever that silly, awesome missile launcher is. <laughs> and, you know, Tread lightly. Tread lightly. 
I mean, they're new. I mean, and if I'm, you know, if I'm going to hate on things, you know, Logo 800 is new. Um, ish. There's the, you know, new T Rex, right? They got the, I mean, the 770 Protos. Like, there's just all these things, like, all these big, like, 800s. And, you know, I mean, I know Skids likes his 14S, but he likes to shove them in, like, you know, 550s. So. <laughs> that would be uh, awesome. No, it wouldn't. Shut up. Yes, it would. Oh, my God. Do it. <laughs> Do it. Awesome. Do it. Do it. Oh you have to understand. So, I mean, you know, talk about what would again, be like an eight hundred for a while. We can probably talk about this later again. But like, we're already putting fifty fives into, you know, we're we're putting fifty fives into smaller helicopters back in the day, right? So we we're putting, you know, the people are stretching those NX fours or whatever, and they're you know you're putting, you know, a five fifty size helicopter that used to be a thirty seven size engine, and now you're putting, you know, fifty five or sixty or something like that in there. You're already you're already doing that with nitro. May as well start doing it with electric. Because time, right? Well, yeah. I mean, don't forget, right? The original T Rex 600 ran a 6S 5000, right? Which is what, like, yeah. 450 practically run these days. Yep. Oh, you're right. I mean, you're not wrong. So, I mean, I the pig. come on, Kevin. I tried to fly with a 3S, and I overran the ESC so many times that it just, like, oh, I guess that's why we fly 6S on that now. But, like, so, shit, what, I mean, the what? fireball, the two, a 280 size helicopter had a fucking 6S battery in it. What the hell? Yeah. But that's ridiculous. Yeah, it doesn't need to be 6S. I mean, it did yeah. that one, unfortunately, but you know, that one needed the 14S, but... <laughs> what do you want me to try, Kyle? Kevin, Kraken 580, 14S, 3200 RPM. Alright, here's the deal, okay? Because mm. I don't own one. Okay. If if Enrico sends me one, I will I'll make send it you happen. One. I'll make it happen. I'll send you one. So, wait, so uh, let's do the math a little bit here, right? So you'd have to do, like, 14S, like... It would have like hundred maybe. Yeah, it would have like a, It would have a five tooth pinion. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, so a five eighty. I mean, you still have. There's still like a forty thirty five, like five twenty. Yeah, no, there is. So you could do that on fourteen S or something like that with like fourteen S twenty five hundreds. I well, That'd be kind of badass. I did twelve S on my five eighty, and what was I running? Uh, twenty four hundred, twenty four hundred, right? And hmm. it was an animal. I mean, it, it was more scary than my 14S raw to me. It's very accelerating. Yes. Thing. It does not waste time at all. No, not at all. I did mine at 2800 for about eight seconds. And I was like, nope, that's yeah. pretty much time to slow it down. Well, and to be fair, we did 2650 on bends on 7S. And it was ridiculous. <laughs> Damn ridiculous! It was freaking stupid. It's a bit much, but yeah. it's 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 fun for all of uh, forty-seven seconds. Uh, well, a minute fourteen to be exact. Wow! Jesus. I was complaining about my <laughs> two and a half minutes earlier. Man, you must really be popular with the lady with your minute and fourteen seconds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, don't. So the crazy thing to me is, so when I first started flying electric helicopters back in the day, you know, two thousand twelve or so, is when I started flying some electric stuff that was legit electric. Twelve S scared the ever-loving shit out of me and now like 12s 14 is like eh. Yeah. well i mean burt called it he's like you know when you fly like that you know you're gonna get used to it I, it doesn't even phase me that it's 14s it is still interesting it. to me to see people go who go from who've only ever flown like 12s 700s to fly like a nitro and they try to fly the same way they're like why did my engine blow up after two and a half flights <laughs> oh because you didn't let it breathe for the entire seven minutes of any of your flights you just can't do that. 
you didn't warm it up and you didn't let it breathe. So it's always interesting to see, you, know, you watch people fly and you're like, well, you can almost pick them out, right? Like you didn't fly nitro back in the day. You didn't fly a fly bar. You didn't fly 90 size nitro with 710 blades on a, you know, 12 and a half pound helicopter. Mm-hmm. You can smell them. <laughs> you smell the ring across the field. Right. Yeah. 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 Oh, look, there's no smoke at all. You must be running that 0%. No, no, I'm running 30%. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or they fly until it's out of fuel every time. <clears throat> Kyle don't. <laughs> <laughs> how many of you, has, how many of your engines have this gone through? At least two. <laughs> I think we're at two now. It's weird, too, because, like, with the 580 Nitro, uh, Ben got nine minutes, ten seconds out of the tank. Hmm. We didn't get that with our T Rex 600s. I mean, no. Seven or eight? I don't know. I always got eight minutes or so with a with old school. Like, yeah, I mean. Were we a 50 or a 55? Uh, 50. Well, again, mine was a Weston. Mine was a Weston 50. And I was, I was getting a good eight or so with a Raptor 50 SE. I was good for about six minutes. That's all I got. With what? I was, though, good, for, 55? I was good for seven on a T Rex 700. Yeah, 55. Seven and a half on a T Rex 700. Mm. I, I always flew the 50 on all my stuff and I got like 7 minutes 7-8 minutes I don't think I, I never got 8 minutes hmm. The T-Rex 600 had a small tank the Raptor had a bigger tank I think than the T-Rex did Oh, that could be I always hmm. ran a header tank too though to be fair so I'm, I'm still Cheater So I would just run the main tank I'm still team header tank I should. That's a, there's a hashtag there too I'm still team header tank Are you really? Uh, yeah man Man, no wonder he flies to top of old school. <laughs> you know what? I like just not having to worry about the fuel thing. And unfortunately, I've still not. Well, so you can sort of from like RC Japan get the legitimate uh, fuel magnet type of stuff now. Fataba or YS, I guess, makes like a pretty legitimate copy of the fuel magnet. But since the OMI fuel magnet doesn't really exist anymore. Sure does. In a different, in a different brand. Oh, yeah, it's, it's YS, I think, now or something like that. And the mm, No. The SAB one's a little bit different. It's not quite right. The it works. works. There, is, there, is, there is one brand that still makes the original one. Is it? Mm-hmm. Mm. I, I stand by what I said. And since the original OMI fuel magnet, and I still think the original was, you know, I, I ran a header tank because when I was running um, exhaust pressure, because my Western stuff was still exhaust pressure. Uh, it wasn't, wasn't backlight pressure. <laughs> and that still... Uh, that killed fuel magnet foams and like if you didn't leave it full, that killed uh, fuel magnet foams and like week. Uh, I don't have a regulator. Yeah. Yeah, my one of back in the day. Old school. The old school. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't it, to be able to eliminate the um um check valve and all that nonsense, man, it's it's a blessing. I'm sorry. I'm I'm right now I'm currently anti regulator. I just <laughs> yeah, I'm not though. So I, I just I, I won't run a non-regulated engine again, other than the Weston, which I ran with a header tank. But yeah. being able to just have it run right, yeah, I I, I, don't, I absolutely don't think that I could run an unregulated engine without a header tank. Mm. We did it with our N5Cs, and my 556. I have a I I mean I still I ran a header tank on my when I had a 556. I had a header tank so yeah yeah I built my own track. It's just it's I, there's too many bubbles. Hmm. I don't know. We had that problem with the N5C, but you yeah, did. You I, just that's your engine. Your just your ring would go bad quicker than you think. It wouldn't like die. It oh would just no, no, dude. Not not the OS55, 
me and dude, I very rarely ever had any engine problems when I was running non-reg 55s. And I think that was part of the problem is when I kind of came to realization, I'm like, you know, if the regulator makes a tad more power, is it worth having other things in the system that can go wrong? I.e. regulator, you know, the um, check valves, you know what yeah. I mean? It wasn't like, about the power to me though, right? It, was, it wasn't about the power, it was about the fact that it would run the same for me the whole flight. Right. Well, okay, fair, but, and maybe it wasn't consistent, I just don't remember, but I just remember that every time I took it out every weekend, I bumped it off, first start it cranked, and I was off flying, and I could fuel fly, fuel fly, fuel fly all day. I never see, with the 55s especially, I never had that problem with the regulated stuff, because there's the Nick Maxwell approach to how to prime it for the first flight of the day. Mm. Uh, to get it to start right away. Yeah. And I, I really never had that regulator. I never had a regulator issue. I never had a check valve issue uh, unless I put it in backwards. The only issues I ever had is when I forgot to put the freaking uh, the plug in the vent line. That's the only time I had an issue, and that's because I'm stupid. So I can't blame the engine for that. It's just me being dumbass. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm happy right now. Non reg 105s. It's freaking ripping. So I'm, uh, I'm good. <laughs> What a detour. All right. So uh, anything <laughs> anything else for what is hot? No? No. Apparently, regulated versus non-regulated topic is really hot. That's hot. Yeah. Hey, by the way, I'm running a 105 unregulated, and it's a freaking beast. Beast mode. Yeah, I love it. It, 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 never, it makes the same power, right? So I've always said it makes the same power. It just doesn't do it as consistently. But, I mean, Kyle's running like an OS-90. Well, I can't consistently so, keep flying. I always crash, so... <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, I don't know. Shit, I mean, Kyle's running at 91, right? So you know, it doesn't uh, it doesn't even matter, right? What what is what is reality at this point? Well, okay, no. but that's a totally different what is hot. You know what I mean? Like it's, you know, now you're talking piloting skills, right? You know, I mean, like yeah. it's that plays in big time too. Kyle can take a freaking Hyper 50 and put it in a 50 or a 580 Nitro and make it look like it's got a friggin' YS60 in it. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's, that's kind of, you know that's, I mean? so that's my point though, right? So, but Kyle, myself and you guys, we've all been flying Nitro since Nitro. We were all flew Nitro before electric. And I think it's a lot easier to make a Nitro model fly properly when you're flying Nitro when you, when you flew Nitro back when you had to run an OS32, not a 37. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're running an OS32 and a 550-size model. Right. Or, you know, a 50 non-hyper and a 50-size or, you know, right. a 91 C-spec gold head or something like that. Or, you know, 91 ST4 or something, you know, why it's ST4. Something like, you know, before, like, power was a thing, you just dealt with it and you learned how to tune, you learned how to fly it and way before electric, right? So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. More detour, sorry. No, mm. It's good stuff. It's fun stuff to talk about. Hmm. I fly steam-powered engines now. Sane-powered? Steam-powered. Steam-powered. Oh. Yeah. That would yeah. be... That's what happens, too, when people who don't know how to tune, they, they do it steam, too. They just turn the needle all the way in and it turns into steam. 21 <laughs> clicks, baby. 21 clicks. I don't know. It's kind of hard to pass having a nitro in your life. I could, it would be very tough when we have no more nitro to be had mm. to fly our helis. It's going to be, it's going to be a sad well, moment. All our six guys are going to go all turbine after that. What yeah. are you going to do? So, so more sidebar. Uh, what are you going to do, Gooch, when you run out of uh, full pull fuel? I don't know. Um, we potentially have VP, an access to a VP. Okay. VP dealer. 
Yeah, VP's pretty legit. Um, I mean, I think what I'm going to do is what we've done in the past is me, Mitch, Todd, and whoever else, we're just going to buy a whole skit of VP and just go that route. Mm-hmm. What else can we do, you know? You can't. Just, all you could do is just buy in bulk and hope that you could get in pretty quick. Yeah. Well, so you then know? I got one more sidebar based on that. If there was no nitro and there was no electric, you had to either fly turbine or gasser. What are you flying? Gasser. Gasser. Yeah. See, I don't know if I could do it. What do you mean? I, I hate how they sound. Just hate how they sound so much that I don't know if I, I think I would. Turbines at least sound cool. <laughs> That's but, fair. Uh, right, how about this? What if the price was the same? If, so, you know, the, the price to get a turbine helicopter and a gasser helicopter was exactly the same. Still gasser? Yep. Yeah. Because in yeah. the end, you still don't have, so to speak, the, the, the quick response as you have in a gas. The, the turbine's always going to lag, right? Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, to me, you just kind of have to fly it old school a little bit. But you know, the gassers. I mean, now you guys, you guys seen the video of Ben Stork flying Doug's seven T Rex seven hundred with the whatever crazy pipe he had on there with the uh, top. Of well, have you seen Kyle fly the Gary Shirley one? Woo! Get it? Yeah. <laughs> I hate to oh, say it like I said the gosh Kyle, I'm throwing you kudos and you just like because <laughs> I know where AJ is going with this one. I'm just waiting. Well, I, mean, the, I hate to say it. I mean, you know, I love watching Kyle fly, but Ben or Doug's gasser, Doug 700 gasser with the Doug really gas pipe. Tough, tough night. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so, but to be ridiculous. fair, to be fair, that particular setup is unrealistic, and here's why I say that. Thank because you. Because the Fact of the matter is, is the on on the down low, and maybe I shouldn't know this. And sorry if I'm going to ruin sales. I'm not trying to because I personally, I would love to have a gasser. However, I don't think that me personally, I would be able to own that quick draw pipe because of how narrow the tuning window is. Also, he has to keep it loaded the entire fucking time. Correct, and I couldn't. I don't think I could fly like that either. But watching him fly that is really impressive. I, it is. I, I had. I think I had, I had the opportunity to fly it in San Diego, and I'm like, I can't do that. I can't. No. I can't keep the the head temperature at you know 400 degrees or whatever absurd you know temperature they have to keep it at to do it. Mm-hmm. But I, I tell you what, though, damn if it doesn't fly good. So I'll tell you this. Uh, this was probably 85 degrees out, somewhere in there, 88 maybe. And I wish I knew his name, and I'm so sorry if you listen to the show, but he had uh, the 696 Blackout Mod Gasser, and he had the the Toxic Al TRM310 in it. And I'm going to tell you right now, it pulled every bit as hard as a Nitro and looked fantastic in the air. And it Hmm. it was in warmer temperatures, because when I had a Gasser, and it had the Hanson... Uh, and of course, you know, I've been flying powerful electrics up until this point too. But as soon as it got hot outside, the freaking temperature alarm was going off like every half minute. And I was yeah. like, this sucks. So don't, don't don't lie though. You want to do Raja autos for you want you want that you want that forty minute you know auto flight time. You want to you want to be the one that everyone hates at fun flies. Yeah, right. I do. I do. Sign yeah. me up. Well, yeah, I know you do. I, I mean, I got to be honest. Like, if if there was one that could match 
pretty darn close to nitro power, which I think they're they're there. Um, and it performed that way in the summertime because in in wintertime they are gold. I mean, Flying Scott's Whiplash Gasser in the wintertime, I was blown away at how good it was. But as soon as it hit 95 degrees outside, I was like, nope. I got rid of it. So, I don't know. So, I mean, there's a lot of nitro stuff that at 95 degrees, especially if it's humid, flies like shit, too. Okay, fair. But... There's still a. I mean, I'm just saying, like, you know, electric and turbine. If you want something that's temperature independent, you're really looking at electric and turbine. And even electric isn't independent because I don't know how many times I. I mean, you guys ever? I mean, you guys have. I'm sure have overheated ESCs or motors and like that if you don't let them cool properly on no. those ridiculously hot days, right? So. No, hold on. Let's back up. If it's 95, I don't want to be out there. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. That's because you're, you're bougie. I mean, you're, you're Gucci V2. I mean, so let's not worry about the machine. If I don't want to be there, it doesn't want to be there. That's right. <laughs> it might want to be there, but it ain't going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. If, if, if I don't want if it doesn't want to be out there and I don't want to be out there, then that means it's going to get a beating of its life because I'm going to be pissed that I'm out there. <laughs> I think, I think the, the turbines sound cool. I'll give you that. But in the end, I think when it comes to if there was no nitro, really, I'll probably go for the gasser. Because that's really, the gasser is the closest thing to nitro. Turbine is a whole different ball, kits and caboodle, when it comes to the way you got to fly it and everything else. Well, that's the thing, though, is like it's it's a helicopter that you have to keep it spooled up. It It, it doesn't do unload, reload, unload, reload, you know, like doing TikToks or whatever that well. You know, mm-hmm. so, what? No TikToks? So, no, I mean, not happening. Yeah, you're gonna be able to do TikToks. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, if you I, get loaded all the time, then you know that's that's how you do. You know, you just sit there and just do TikToks all the time. I mean, it's not really necessarily fun, but that's how you keep it fully loaded the whole time. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I, um, we definitely. I mean, Ben and I went back to the camper and talked gassers for like the next half an hour or more. I was like, dude, if I could get a gasser that flew like this guy at Heli Extravaganza, uh, I, I most definitely, 100%, yes, I would do it. Hmm. So if the raw with, you know, I don't know, a TRM or the O'Brien, you know, the OBR, whatever, you know, if, if it can produce pretty close power to nitro and still keep it light, you know, then yes, 100%, I'd be interested. We actually talked. I was like, I could build build uh, Rawzilla back up, you know, as a gasser. Just get the conversion. You know, I'd have to replace some important key parts that got destroyed, of course. But you know, you know, center frame or center section, rotor head, you know, tire tail. <laughs> by part, the by certain parts, I mean all of it. <laughs> all of it, yeah. Free kit, baby. Yeah. But yeah, it, it was a topic of conversation. Um, mm. Because you can fly mine if you decide to come here in December. Ooh. If. So I think we should all definitely go to there in December. I think I'm going to try to make it over from the old West Coast to try to make that. Uh, make that. Oh, last thing, I guess, for Vatisat is that there is still a, that same weekend of, uh, of Modown for the West Coast guys. There's the San Diego Buzz in the Border fun fly. Mm. So anyone who can't make it, and it's this side of the country, they can't make it to Modown. That should be a really good time there too. It's a four day event there too. So right. that should be that should be good times. So there, I'll be there for sure. 
All right. Hmm. You guys ready to get into this main topic? Shall we? All right. Yeah. Let's do it. Cool. Let's let's get AJ going some more. Yeah, let's get him wound up. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> found the hot button. Regulated versus unregulated is apparently the hot button. Gas versus turbine. That's it. Yeah, we got yeah. you. We got you. All right. Well, let's uh, hit our MKS commercial. We'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> This is Frank Moradeos, a.k.a. Way Less Doritos. I'm really grateful to be the new Maniacs USA team manager. And I'm really excited to have the opportunity to be working with some of the very best pilots in the world, such as Duncan Balsian, 2019 Global 3D Champion CD, as well as Aaron Wolf and Ramis Jacobson, to just name a few. When you're performing at this level, you certainly need the latest in light technology with the most comprehensive warranties and one of the best crash replacement programs in the industry. Maniacs provides a huge variety of packs from 2S up to 14S, with multiple C ratings ranging from 35C to 70C, which caters to everyone's needs and budgets. The best part of Maniacs is their lipos come with a one-year from purchase date manufacturer warranty, free of manufacturer defects. In addition to a six-month crash replacement program, 30% off MSRP, six months from the purchase date. These batteries can be found at ManiacsUSA.com. Hope to see y'all at the next event. All right, welcome back, everybody. Uh, we have a guest with us this evening, and uh, his name is AJ Jaffe. Some of you guys might know him. Maybe some of you won't, because, you know, uh, he claims to have, he used to be somebody in the hobby. I'm not real sure how true that yeah, is. Ish. Ish. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I didn't say I was someone like big. I just said I was somebody. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just because it's somebody like shits is somebody, you know? <laughs> Shit. Oh, gosh. But no. Welcome to the show, man. Thank you for coming on. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Appreciate you guys having me. Yeah. Well, we're going to ask you some very basic questions and then we're going to get into some heli stuff. You ready? I'm ready, man. So speaking of being somebody, who are you and why should we even give a fuck? <laughs> like I said, I kind of used to be somebody. I think my biggest claim to fame is that Mr. You know, Kyle, Luke hands, warm hands, cold hands, whatever you want to call him these days. Uh, he used to carry my helicopter to the uh, to events when I was doing demos. He used to carry my shit to the fly line back in the day. That's funny. Uh, now he's Mr. Big Shot and he's old big old Kyle Stacy. But back in the day. <laughs> He used to carry my models, and actually, even up to the Battle of the Brands here recently, he still carried my model because he's still a little bit my bitch. Um, <laughs> other than that, uh, back in again, back in the old school when I used to be somebody, I used to work at Experience RC. So the people again, if you've been in the hobby for a long time, that went to Urcha when there was a gigantic circus tent. Uh, I worked in there. Uh, same with uh, Heli Extravaganza or Blowout when we were there with the the semi truck. I used to work in there. I was a sales manager for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, I've flown a little bit of XFC, uh, so I never really did well, but I did it. Um, so, you know, mostly I used, I used to be somebody and you should only give a fuck occasionally if you <laughs> care about things, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not never been the biggest Facebook guy or post, you know, to my own horn guy, but you know, if you yeah. want some moderately warm takes on things and some medium advice about helicopters and Fataba in general and even some airplane stuff because I do a lot of airplane stuff too. I was going to touch that's on why that. You should give a fuck. Yeah, you, you're somebody in the airplane world though, no? Uh, sort of, kind of. So in the iMac, which is kind of like the, kind of like F3C, it's, it's kind of more, I guess it's more like the F3N of, uh, 
of the airplane world. Gotcha. Uh, there's different classes, but I I won I won a world championship in 2018 in the intermediate class. So in the airplane world, I'm a little bit somebody. Mm. Uh, again, not <laughs> like anything else. I'm not really somebody in 3D, but I have my own little niche of being somebody that people some people give a you know give the occasional fuck about. Yeah. Well, you did Battle of the Brands, so you're definitely somebody. Yeah, I did Battle of the Brands twice in a row. Two years in a row, I've done Battle of the Brands, actually. Yeah. Wow. Once for Scorpion and once for uh, Mikado USA. Nice. Very cool. Now, ain't that some shit? Flies for Mikado, flying Futaba. Hmm. You know what, though? <laughs> I fly... I, I, I gotta be honest, the logo with the Futaba works really well. The geometry on the helicopter works great with Futaba. So. You gotta just throw holy water at it, but yeah. It does. I mean, I have to, you know, I'm itchy when I'm flying it, but I always thought that was an allergy to the sun or something, but I think it might be Futaba and, uh, and, and Mikado mixture. But. Kyle. Hmm. He just likes to stay flexible, that's all. Yeah. Mm. Keep his options open. Yeah, you know. Oh, Gucci, how many radios, how many different brand radios do you have, Gucci? <laughs> so, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> he's, he's definitely got a Spectrum hidden up in there, too, I guarantee it. I mean, to be fair, I, I, I do. You do. <laughs> <laughs> I have a DX6i buried somewhere. Do you know I think that I-, I just recently... I, I think I tried to give it away at a fun fly, and no one took it. I literally just threw away with the hard shell case a DX7 that I started on. I just chucked it in the what? trash. The OG DX. Also, the, oh, do you yeah. guys remember the DX7 SE? Yeah, yeah. My DX7 SE. Zabo, Alan Zabo used to fly the DX7 SE. It was this great radio that didn't have a trainer port because I made it too slow or something. It was like mm. the fastest radio at the time, fastest 2.4 radio at the time. That thing was yeah. A, nightmare to program and felt like you're flying you know right like yeah it had like, like it had like better resolution or something than the original yeah. right yeah. yeah by a lot like someone someone on run rider again you know aging myself a little bit someone on run rider used to do uh these speed tests mm-hmm. uh, latency tests and the yep. dx7c for a long time was like the gold standard the the fataba with the integrated stuff was pretty good too. Um, the Fataba 9C was the slowest radio that was ever made. <laughs> so, you know, you win some, you lose some. But uh, right. the DX7SE was consistently one of the fastest radios. It just felt like ass. Wasn't the SC, though, didn't it? Wasn't it the one that primarily had a lot of the uh, brownout issues or no? No, that was the DX6 and the 6i, I think. Well, maybe a little bit because that had the. I don't think it was brownout so much as the original DSM could only have 40 things, like, you can only have 40 uh, aircraft at a time in mm. the same area, so like Joe Nall and Urcha and stuff, if you were flying Spectrum. If you were number 41, you were crashing someone's shit. <laughs> right. Just how it was. Yeah. So, that, I think that was more the issue than brownout stuff. Um, Spectrum's had some brownout, but that was more, that's always been a power thing as opposed to the receiver thing. Right? So. Mm-hmm. I, I know I never had any problems like that. You know, people were like, oh, gosh, you fly Spectrum. And I, I never had issues like that. I, I did. I had a DX6i and I had some I had some issues. I had a DX6i and a Blade 400. And I almost ate a Blade 400 a couple times because had, I had some issues with that. But oh, wow. that was a really long time ago. OG, you know, the DX6i came with the Blade 400. I think it right. is. We're talking a long time ago. All right, let's go to the next one here. <laughs> really? Is this the question? That's the question. <laughs> so what do you do now, uh, AJ? Do you, do you still are doing second in command here? 
Well, so you know, I, I like to be Santa's elf in the winter. That's kind of my thing. Um, in the winter, that's my that's my winter gig. Uh, nice. I'm the right height for it, so I just you know I kind of hang out there. Yeah. Uh, in the summer and the rest of the time, I actually I'm a aerospace engineer for uh, NASA Armstrong, doing some okay. small UAS stuff and some you know some drone stuff and some manned stuff. Uh, so I I do a lot of paperwork. That's what I do. I do a lot of paperwork and sit and stare at a computer a lot, but. I get to say I work for NASA, which is its own little brand of of cool. So you know, it's always fun to say that the hobby got me a real job. So there there are worse things for sure. Nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I saw you on the MA podcast when they had you on there, the live yeah, they, podcast, they went, yep. whatever. Yep, that was pretty cool. Because I think yeah, they, so, they uh, yeah, I did some I did some stuff that. with Camp uh, with the Camp AMA, and so I did some stuff there, and I did the they had a. Uh, little bit of podcast and they did last year they had uh, like a virtual camp and this year actually went to muncie and uh worked with some kids for the camp ama which was was a pretty cool thing Uh, and there's a lot of that again based off of you know the whole stem you know science technology engineering stuff uh, and how you know the hobby can be something for you if you if you get a little bit lucky like i did and you work a little bit like most other people do Hmm. very pretty cool I'm going to deviate from the pace better. I'm going to deviate a little bit from the basic questions list here. AJ, do you have someone in your love life? Mm. I mean, I have you. I mean, what else do I need? Um, I, I mean, you know, I, 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 I have, you know, I have, I have some people that I, that I, I definitely care about and you know, see if I end up bringing them to events, you know, in the future, but mostly I have you, you're kind of my, you're kind of my thing. I mean, I think Liv's kind of a, <laughs> She's uh she's shouldering into what I'm trying to do here a little bit, you know. You're, you, you know, you're my brother, but you're you're, you're so much more than that, Kyle. Oh, do you? Uh, look up no, to him? no, I have you know, I, I have someone that I definitely you know, I, I have I have some people that I've that I that I that I that I could see being potentially in the future, but we'll see at the we'll see if they make the cut to come to uh, events. So I, I, I have uh, I have high hopes for going to helicopter events, and hopefully maybe 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 blow out i you know maybe ready for that you know that public debut of somebody but we'll have to see it depends on but now she realizes that i'm an asshole or not so mm. nice won't take long man you you figured it out pretty quick and we're still friends so. <laughs> yeah so uh why are you considered kyle's bitch so you know so there, there's videos back in the day of like what Bert does when he's commentating for, or when he's like calling for Kyle and stuff like that. And I was a little bit the OG in terms of that kind of stuff. Like calling for Kyle uh, at contests and stuff like that and carrying his helicopter out to the field and that kind of thing. And a lot of it's because of the whole carrying his helicopter out. Um, and just like standing next to him when he's doing contests and stuff like that. And, and I, I end up looking more like his bitch. Cause he's like 12 feet taller than I am. <laughs> so, you know, it's hard to not look like someone's bitch when you go up to like their nipple, right? So, um, <laughs> it's just like, kind of like where we're at here. But, uh, <laughs> that, that's mostly it. Um, I mean, I never, I was never his bitch in terms of like wrenching on his stuff, uh, made him wrench on his own goblin stuff. Um, but no, I mean, I, you know, we, we've been, the kid's been my best friend for ever, years or something like that, right? So, since he, you know, He's been kind of, you know, like a little brother. So, you know, you, you see people that hang out a lot together and one person is somebody and one person used to be somebody, you know, all of a sudden that person who used to be somebody becomes the bitch. So <laughs> how old are you, uh, AJ? 
I am. I will be 32 uh, in a little bit less than a week. Oh well, happy early birthday! Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, I hear you really like MKS servos. Tell us about that. <laughs> uh, I think MKS servos have their place for sure. Again, I've been a Fataba fanboy forever. Um, I, I I've seen some, you know, MKS servos. They have their advantages. They're 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 they seem to work for the most part. Uh, I've never had really bad luck with them, but I've never had. I never really, I never put them through their paces enough to really have good luck or bad luck. Um, I think they're probably safe. I mean, Skid yeah. uses them in his helicopters, and I don't stand next to him, but I stand in the same zip code as him, so it seems all right. <laughs> um, you know, but there are also causes reasons I don't stand next to Skids. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm fast changing that. Yeah, well, you know, uh, but no, they're. Uh, I mean, I, I, I used to. I don't. At some of the events, you know, when Thomas would go to the events, I, I would, you know, I knew him pretty well, know him pretty well. I haven't talked to him as much lately, but he and I have a pretty good banter. Um, my favorite banter is the whole, this whole, if you ever really want to piss off Thomas, uh, ask him if MKS servos are Fataba spline or JR spline. And he gets a real problem with that. So me being the gigantic asshole that I am, really poke at that. Because uh, apparently they're 25 tooth spline, or sorry, 24 tooth spline. Um, but yeah, I, they're just, you know, I, they seem to be fine servos. And there's a lot of airplane people who had, you know, mixed luck with them. Some really good, some really bad. But I, I'm going to be honest, I'm, I'm pretty happy with my Fataba servos. And I have a pecking order of servos that I would fly. And I don't think I would put MKS as number two. But they work for people. And if they work for people and they don't kill anybody, then, you know, that that's good, I guess. So far, so good. Mm. No, few Thomas servos are great, man. There's no two ways about it. Um, we we had this conversation yesterday. We were talking about some things, and uh, you know, um, few Tab is definitely on the upper end uh, in terms of cost, but yeah. I can't say that you don't get something for that cost. And I'm gonna be honest. I'm working with them on something potentially, hopefully, trying to get something a little bit lower cost that can still do some of their super cool stuff that Fataba servos do. Yeah, um, well, the HC 500s are 99 bucks. You know, the problem is they're not 760. They're not 760 center frequency. That's the problem. So, well, but so, for mere mortals, I mean, like I. No, honestly, God, I swear to God, you'll notice a difference. Yeah, like, well, I, well, I swear no, no, no. on everything that you will notice a difference. The HC, you know, I, I can, you know, if I'm gonna, if I can fanboy for just a second, the. The 760 center frequency uh, cyclic servos. Shut up, Kyle. (laughs) Uh, The 760 center frequency cyclic servos are a huge game changer. Um, If you want proof of that, just go and fly a regular tail servo with, you know, really fast tail servos. So, like, BK cyclic servos are super fast, right, Kyle? They're, like, 05 or 06 or something like that. 04. 04, right. That's plenty fast enough to be a tail servo. Mm. Have you ever run a cyclic servo on your tail? I have, not in the BK days, but I know where you're going with this, yeah. So if you go to a servo that's almost the same specs in terms of speed, right? That 04, which is plenty fast for a tail servo, but it's the 1520 center frequency. Mm. It's damn near unflyable as a tail servo. The 760 to 1520, the the response rate is so much different. So Fataba makes a servo called the BLS274, which is the exact same servo as the BLS276, except it's the 1520 center frequency. It's a fantastic throttle servo, but I put one on the tail of my helicopter at one point, and it was 
it was just unflyable. I couldn't do what I wanted to do. I couldn't get a game setting that didn't wag or blow out. It was just, it yeah. wasn't good. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't right. Right. But again, the same specs on a 760 center frequency tail servo is what, you know, to me, it's still one of the gold standards of tail servos is a BLS-276. Right. And, and the reality is that I see this, I saw the same difference in the head uh, going from, you know, basically two servos with identical specs and going from 1520 servo to, like, with the, with the HC700s, you can run them at 1520 or 760. So I did a test where I ran them at 1520 and it got the helicopter flying really good. And then I, uh, ran them at 760 and i was able to change all kinds of gain settings to make it fly so much better um it, it really is it's it's a game changer i mean it just the uh, you know the, the response is literally you the response time is cut in half right so you know the speed's not changed the response time's cut in half so right. it, it really is you know and, and people say well you know okay it only takes a pro pilot can notice that and i don't think that's the case um right. No, At especially all. when you talk about tail servos too, because it to piggyback what you're saying. I mean, going from 1520 way back when we were all flying like DS620s on our tail at times, right? Uh, you know, going from 1520 to to 760 was legitimately a game changer. Like it, it felt more solid and more locked in than it ever had. So I totally get it on the tail. But where I was going to go with this before you 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 did your fanboy stuff, which is perfectly fine, I totally agree, um, is that because most tail servos are not 760, what I was getting at is, is or I'm sorry, not tail servos, but cyclic servos, um, I mean, is the HC500 at its cost, $99, is it a contender, you know what I mean, compared to what else is on the market? And I would venture to probably say yes. I mean, I think it has I that agree. Futaba yeah, DNA. Sure. You know what I mean? For sure. It's a great... It's, so with Futaba, what I've always found with Futaba servos is they just they, they didn't work. I, again, I should knock on all the wood in the world, but servo-wise, I've never had a Futaba servo fail. They had their flight. own feel. Yeah. And they, they work and they don't fail. That, to me, that's the big thing, right? I don't want a servo that's going to fail because... Sure. The way we fly 3D, if a servo fails, someone can die. Right, like as shitty as it is to say it, if a servo fails at the wrong time when you're doing a 14s Mach 114 hurricane, <laughs> someone could die. Right, like that's a real thing. So you know you got to have servos that you trust. And for me, Fatabo's always been that. I don't ever think about my servos failing. Mm. I just, it's just not something that I consider in 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 my life. That's fair. So that to me, that's the thing. And then yeah, the ninety nine dollar servo is going to be a great feeling servo. It's going to work really well, but. I'm hoping that Fatawa comes out with a you know a mid price like two hundred ish or one hundred ninety dollar servo that can run HC seven six or that can run seven sixty. Right. I think that'll be a game changer because again, there's there's some people who may or may not think that that, but until you try it, and I know there's some people who tried it with a different server. There's a couple of different servos, Theta, and some of the other servos that had it. And I think the brain you can actually change the cycle to seven sixty as well. That have tried that seven sixty, and it's as honest to God as night and day. Hmm. So. You know, for the hobby, I hope that V control, the V bar, allows that as an option at some point. Because um, unfortunately, for better or for worse, until Mikado makes that an option, it's not going to be accepted as something that's different, which sucks. Because it really is a game changer. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, you know, changing flight controls is really hard, right? Like, there's a lot of money invested into flight controls, and switching to Fataba to test that theory 
it's expensive and it's not for everybody. And I don't begrudge anyone who can't do that. Right. right. But damned if it doesn't work really well. And so, you know, I, I hope that Mikado makes 760 an option uh, for the cyclic. Because I think that people are really going to, they would really see the difference. Right. Right. Well, that was pretty deep as far as heli goes. Why don't we get into some more heli-oriented questions, AJ? Yeah, my bad on that. Sorry, I tend to I find these little rabbit holes, and I just like, man, when I, when I find a rabbit hole, I just go straight in. So I, I apologize, but yeah, let's do some heli questions. Yeah, well, let's get real basic. So, how did you get into the hobby? Uh, funny enough, it's pretty much the same way you did. So, my dad uh, flew and actually still flies. He's uh, for those of you who went to Urcha, he was one of the guys down at the scale tent. Um, and if you were at Urcha and saw Nick flying the turbine helicopter uh, with some of the Horizon guys at one point, the big green uh, uh, Bell 429, that was actually my dad's helicopter. So my dad got me into the hobby. Um, along with him saying my dad got me into the hobby. Um, oddly enough, I really flew helicopters before I flew airplanes. But um, when I lived in New York, uh, again, near Kyle, when I met Kyle, that's uh, that's... You know, my dad flew, and he got me into it and on the buddy box with a, a <laughs> Robo Shuttle Challenge um, on, on a buddy box. Yeah. Actually, it was a Shuttle ZXX with Challenge Landing here, if we're going to be specific. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, we got he got me into it, and then uh, from there, you just kind of snowballed. And, you know, I'm, I'm lucky in that my dad still flies, and he's kept that interest uh, in, in the hobby. So, you know, he never... He never, he certainly never like put me on a pedestal in terms of my flying or anything like that. He kept me really humble about, uh, about how I flew and why I, you know, you know, and flying and stuff like that and kept me, kept me real honest, uh, with my flying. And, you know, if I crashed, I had to pay to fix my stuff because, you know, it was one, you know, he would help me out if, if there's a mechanical failure or something like that, he would always help me out. Right. But, you know, <laughs> if I fence posted my shit, then, because I, you know, because I was a dumbass, then he's like, "Well, you're on your own. You know, fix it, pay for it. <laughs> you, you gotta, you gotta deal with it. You gotta learn the responsibility." So he really taught me the responsibility uh, early on in terms of, um, in terms of paying for my stuff and flying and you know learning to work on my own helicopter. Because you know he would, he would check my work when I worked on helicopters. When I built a helicopter, he would check my work to make sure I wasn't gonna again kill myself or anybody else. But he was real big into making sure that I did things the right way and I learned how to do it the right way. Nice. Well, he should look over your shoulder again. I looked at your wiring and your logo. Man. <laughs> you know what? Scary. Okay. Uh, I, haven't, I, I, I crashed on my own merit. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The grass had nothing to do with the wiring, thankfully. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> you know nice. At least I didn't have a tail pulley come loose at a fun fly or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. It was just time to do the garden. Do some gardening. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so talking about crashing, what was your worst crash ever? Most so epic. I had this theory about crashing that the crashes, if your blades aren't actually turning, are way worse. Um, <laughs> and that's because to me, you know, if you, you know, if you really did, you know, unless you're skids and you managed to rekit something in like a hurricane, um, if you crash under power, the blades are going to take a lot of the energy. That's like the engineering background of me, right? The blades are going to take a lot of the energy and it's going to, you know, you break the blades, but there's a bunch of your energy right there. So the worst crash I had was a blade stop attempt. And this was totally my fault. It was a totally a dumbass. I was flying a Raptor E720 and I went to go do a blade stop and I did the blade stop and I, I flipped the throttle hole. It was, my throttle hole was on a three position switch and I flipped it the wrong way. 
uh, when I went to go bail out because it was back in the castle day. So I could have bailed out no problem. I, I switched, flipped the switch the wrong way. So from like 200 feet, the E-720, which is a pretty heavy helicopter, mm. just fell. It just absolutely fell. And it broke everything. I had a, you know, that, that helicopter had a 15 millimeter hollow main shaft and I bent it. <laughs> um, but I didn't break the blades. <laughs> so, Same. you know, you wish to me a loose some, right? But that's the, I mean, I, that was a total rekit for me. And it wasn't even that cool. It was literally, I broke every, like, I swear to God, I broke everything but the main and tail blades. It just, cause it just fell. It just fell out of the freaking sky. Wow. Um, so that was really bad. And probably the other worst crash I had uh, involved a fire, <laughs> you know, an ESC fire, um, <laughs> which burned up my helicopter. So not a lot of coming back from that. Uh, probably the most entertaining crash I had was at XFC in, what's that, Kyle, 2013? Oh, uh, 14. 14. No, 14. 14. Yeah. Uh, I was flying a three blade Raptor E700. Uh, with a Nick Maxwell head, and I had a spindle bolt, so I had a spindle bolt break. Uh, didn't just come out; it straight up broke. And so, like 15 seconds into my flight, it was like a rainbow takeoff, pop back, flew out forward, went into this, you know, like um, you know, jackknife kind of thing, you know, knife edge sort of thing. And as soon as I rolled it, a quarter rolled a knife edge, it just exploded. I, I blew, a, I threw a uh, threw a rotor blade, um, and three blades. So a two blade, you know, you blow a rotor head off, then you know one the other blade goes flying and it just kind of falls out of the sky a little bit. Three blade, you just get that real bad imbalance, and those are solid. You know, it's not just the one axle, right? So everything stayed in there, so it just absolutely obliterated itself. I mean, there was a hundred yards worth of parts um, between where the tail boom was and where the rest of the helicopter was. It just was littered. And Frank Knoll, who ran XFC at the time. I come back and he goes, that was the coolest crash I've ever seen. So I think the one claim to fame I had is so Nick was the one of the judges at XFC that year. And since the scores didn't matter because it was like, what, 20 seconds into the flight, he gave me all 10s. So I got all 10s in a flight at XFC from Nick Maxwell. So, you know, can't take that away from me. Didn't count, but. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Man. So over the years, what has become your favorite model? Is there one from the past, or is there something present? What you got? So, obviously, so I love my Logo 700 now. It flies great. Um, really, really happy with it, especially in terms of flying. Um, but it works great for my style of flying. Uh, but probably my favorite was the Raptor E700, outside of the fact that it was a little bit fragile. Uh, tail gears were a little bit made of butter sometimes, and the landing gear broke if you looked at it wrong. In terms of pure flying uh, characteristics, the E700 was great. Uh, it flew so good. It was so light. Uh, it flew really good at like 1900 RPM. So it flew, it, it was great for that. It was not great in wind. Um, but that, especially again, until it blew up, uh, the E700 with the Nick Maxwell three blade, uh, head and the Helix three blade rotor set. That was the most fun helicopter I ever had. You could just do these like power loops and make them bigger and bigger and bigger at like, 1800 or 1900 rpm for like four minutes on a three blade it was oh man i think that thing flew really good but i'm pretty happy with my logos now but probably from the past that was the e700 was a really fun model to fly i actually owned both of those i had the e700 and the e720 and 
I prefer the 720. I think it had, I think it had to do with the weight, I it, just how it carried, you know, momentum and whatever else. Yeah. Um, it uh, definitely had momentum to it. <laughs> Especially when you fall when I fell <laughs> out of the sky. Falling from the sky. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh. Or when you take off and your battery stand on the ground. Yeah, he doesn't do. Oh god, I didn't tell you about that. Oh, all right, all right. So okay, there's another good Kyle story. Or there's Kyle. <laughs> so Kyle's used to throw a fun fly up in Rochester, New York. And I always did a demo at that fun fly, and I was flying my E720. Um, and I took off, and so the E720 had a really cool, like, quick-release battery tray. The battery tray on that one, it went in from the bottom of the helicopter, and it clipped in. It had some spring-loaded clips that clipped into the battery tray. And I can't remember now, this was a long time ago, I can't remember if I either, either that it was cracked, either the battery tray was cracked and I didn't see it, or I just didn't clip it in right. So I went to go do this demo, music and everything like that. I take off, you know, noontime demo in front of, you know, there was always a lot of spectators of this fun fly. So there's 200 people, 250 people behind me. I take off and my batteries don't. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I take off and I go, huh. And luckily I didn't do like some crazy takeoff. I went to go take off just my normal kind of take off, do some pirouettes and then go. I said, I took off and the, and the batteries are still on the ground and I'm going, Ah, fuck. Now what? So I hit throttle hold, because they're still plugged in at the time. And I know I can't go straight back down, so I have to knock the batteries over with the landing gear on the way down to auto this stupid thing, trying not to tip over the helicopter by landing on the fucking battery chain, because I'm too stupid to have clipped in a battery correctly. But it was the most awkward demo I've ever done. Like, so you just take off, and you just go to do it, and you just go, huh, there's the Fucking batteries just sitting on the ground. Just on the ground as you go and try and fly. <laughs> not very far, for the record. Not very far. But. Yeah, because like I said it was plugged in. Like I said, I just you know you lift off a little bit and it just I lift off and the batteries straight up didn't. Mm-hmm. It was like That's that amazing. shit out of the you know that bad dream. You know you wake up in those you know those weird dreams where you're presenting in front of the class naked kind of thing. You're like oh I forgot clothes. It was that kind of thing. Like oh I forgot to have a battery in my helicopter. So that was probably the most awkward demo and sort of not crash I've ever had. Probably would have been the, absolutely would have been the stupidest crash I ever had. Mm. Mm. Instead, I get to use the uh, instead I get to use forget you know flipping throttle hold the wrong way is the stupidest crash I ever had. Wow. Uh, well, talking about fun flies, what is the furthest you've ever traveled for fun uh, for an actual fun fly? Uh, so flying wise. Uh, I would have to say probably flying from uh, California to Modown, which I did here this year. The spring, sorry, spring fling, I guess it was what it was this year. That was, remember that was this year. I flew cross country uh, to go to that fun fly for the couple of days. And that was fun. I, I certainly don't regret it. It was a, it was a great time. Um, did one of my most fun night demos at that event. Um, driving wise, when I lived in Michigan, I drove down to Huntsville uh, for that fun fly a couple times, and that kind of sucked. But I used to drive, you know, eight or ten hours pretty regularly to fun flies back in the day. But like, at this point, furthest one I've gone to would probably be, again, across the country. Um, I'm hoping to go to, like, an Australia fun fly at some point. And unfortunately, the hope was that I would have been able to answer that with going to Worlds uh, this year. But... Um, that obviously didn't happen, so that would have been in Romania, so that would have been a, a new record, but I'm just holding out hope for like a Coffs Harbor or something like that, fun fly to happen in Australia 
again, because just as an excuse to go to Australia and bring a helicopter while I'm going. So. Well, Heli Heatwave is on, I guess, next year. So keep that in the books. You want to go? I've been invited. Let's do it. Let's figure it out. Party out was that, uh, that's Australia? Yeah, that's uh, so Australia is like my, I got a bunch of friends there and it's just a place I want to go in general because it just seems like a super fun time. Um, so I, I'd like to go to Australia to hang out and to go to a fun fly because the Australian guys who used to come to Urcha back in the day were some of the most fucked up, hilarious people I've ever been, I've ever met. Um, I still have my team old mate shirt from those guys. Um, they're, they're just good people and it's just, a, I, I want to go in, in principle. So hopefully, you know, if I'm invited again, I can answer that question a little bit differently here in the next year or two, but I'd like to go to Australia to go to a fun, to go to Australia and to go to a fun fly while I'm there. Let's do a podcast like fly over to Australia. <laughs> Let's go, buddy. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, yeah. It's on sk- I just heard it's on skids. So, oh gosh. Know, I-, I will be the. Uh, I'll be the. Uh... You guys have to come through California anyway. You guys pretty much have to go through LA to go to uh, yeah, LA or San Francisco to go to California or to go to Australia anyway. So just stop by and pick my ass up. Mm. I don't I know will... about. I don't know about that, AJ. Yeah. Well, I'm. You know. I- I want to go and you know kyle wants to go so i'm sure gucci does because he's cool <laughs> gucci probably goes once a month because he's mr gucci gucci that's right i wish Big status yeah <laughs> i think it would be cool if i was like your guys' team manager for the world i mean since you're going to a country where i was born and i could speak the language you know man you guys, so you guys... won't get nothing done <laughs> <laughs> it'll be the best trip ever like, where did gucci go Oh, never mind. He's he's talking with some gypsies. <laughs> <laughs> You've been there what two or three times, Kyle? Right, Kyle? Um, or just once. Two times, I can't remember. Possibly three times, though. <laughs> Put it that way. Yeah, definitely. Like so that. That seemed. I'd like to go there. So there, there, there's that. But that is a kind of a long answer to a question that would have had a boring answer. So you know, no worries. We'll, there you we'll go. go with that. Well, uh, what got you into competition? Because obviously that's been kind of a big part of your RC career. And uh, yeah. what was the motivation? What got you into it? Uh, so I'm a competitive a-hole to start with. Um, as a general rule, airplanes, helicopters, whatever I do, I want to compete. Um, because for me, as much as I love flying, I love fun flies and stuff like that, what gets me to the field is practicing uh, and practicing something specific for, for something specific. So that that's what got me into competition. So I used to do these little like fun fly competitions and stuff like that. Um, at like Helly's over Delaware and MHA for those guys that, you know, again, dating myself a little bit here. Um, I used to do those kind of fun flies and that was always fun. I did some indoor stuff, which I don't know if you guys ever talked about this, but Kyle was the king of indoor competitions. There's nobody in that has ever been better indoor helicopter competitions than this stupid kid. Um, <laughs> then went outside and dropped off. Yeah, and then you went outside and got your ass kicked. It's funny how that works. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, Ouch. But yeah, so I used to I used to love doing that, and then like 2000, whatever, 13 or something like that, 12 or 13, I got invited to XFC, which at the time, you know, we're talking eight or nine years ago, getting invited to XFC was a really big deal. Um, it, you know, it was a true invitation only contest. So that was always fun. And again, practicing set maneuvers and that's kind of what draws me to F3N is practicing set maneuvers and that kind of thing. So I, I, I love the competition aspect of things. I like 
practicing for something instead of just practicing. It gets me, it, it help, really helps me motivate. And the same thing with airplanes. Um, when I started flying the airplane stuff, it was either kind of just do 3D till I crashed or fly some precision aerobatic stuff. And as soon as I got that, you know, that taste of competition again, being a competitive asshole that I am, I can't get enough of it. So it's the same reason I don't really fly like FPV drone stuff because I'd really want to compete, but practicing is shitty. So, you know, it's always been, it's always been the competition stuff. It's just, it's been, it's, that's the motivation for me. So, and, and with that, you know, XFC, you know, getting invited to XFC was a big deal. And uh, when they did XFC in 2019, that was again, the same sort of, you know, you don't you can, you can apply, but there was a, they had whatever the captain selection or whatever, cause they did that country sort of thing. And I got invited and got, I got, I got invited there and that was, it's still kind of a big deal. So the idea of competing, especially for invitation only contests and to a point, the battle of the brands kind of stuff is like that anyway. So, you know, when, you know, a sponsor is selecting you to go and represent the brand, uh, that, that to me is a lot of, uh, that's a lot of it. It's just the, it motivates me. It motivates me is the big thing. And it's just either you go to a fun for me, I either go to a fun fly to hang out with friends and I fly when I fly. But if I really want to practice and get better, there needs to be a, a purpose. And I keep trying to retire from helicopter fun flies or helicopter contests because I'm old. Um, and all these kids are just absolutely kicking my ass. And they kicked my ass before. And now they're just younger kids kicking my ass now, which is embarrassing and depressing and distressing. Um, it's, it's awful. But I keep trying to retire, but I keep getting drawn back into it. Um, because, it, again, it, it keeps me motivated to fly helicopters is to have something to practice for gotcha so give us your first competition let's go deep back in so the- my first competition really of any kind helicopter wise was probably either i think it was at maryland the mha which is the old maryland helicopter event or helis over delaware uh, i can't remember which one but they had just like a general fun fly kind of contest where you know you'd they would just, it was a generic kind of fun fly contest where you'd make music and you'd apply to fly and you just, you'd fly and it was crowd applause, that sort of thing. So that's the first one that I can really remember doing. Uh, I remember competing at iHobby in like 2007, that was an indoor one. And then I think uh, 2013 was my first XFC. So that, that, that was my first kind of real, real competition. But those, those are probably the, the three first ones that matter the most. Hmm. And what about like uh, the music part of it? Like, where where do you get your your inspiration for mixing the music for the the music flights? Uh, so I love mixing music. It's a ton of fun for me. Um, it's one of the highlights of a competition f- for me is to make music. Um, some of it's just stuff I find on the radio. If I hear a song I like, I, I make a playlist on Spotify that just every time I see every time I have a song that I like, I add it to this playlist. Uh, sometimes it's something that, you know, a friend will send me, um, but it's how it's about how like half of my music for battle of the brands last year went was just stuff that people had sent me and just things that are like just songs that I like, uh, because generally again, battle of the brands aside, if I practice flight to music, I'm going to listen to that mix 300 times, 400 times, 500 times. So it has to be songs that I like, um, so that that's the big thing for me is I, I really I really enjoy mixing music and I like cutting chunks out of songs and you know just changing how 
you know, if a song has the chorus that repeats three times, but that's too long, I can cut one time out of it or something like that. And I enjoy, I enjoy the kind of, you know, I don't want to call it DJ aspect of that, but I enjoy the, this little challenge of making, you know, of taking a song that I really like and making it mine into what I wanted to do. But even Battle of the Brands, I only flew to that. I made that mix on Thursday night and finished it Friday morning for a Saturday competition. I only flew to it twice on Saturday, but I still listened to the mix probably 50 or 60 times uh, before the event. And there's pictures, I think, on Facebook and like that. I end up flying it with my hand, um, just trying to figure out, you know, beats that I want to hit and stuff like that. So I really like the music aspect of it. It's one of my favorite parts. So picking music, mixing music, it's very like, personal to me the songs that i fly to either like i said either they mean something to me or you know they again they were sent to me by someone that means something to me or you know it's just a song that i really like so you know i always have a playlist on spotify for every year i make every year i'm going to compete i make a new playlist that has ends up having 20 or 30 songs on it that i pick from and sometimes i go back to previous years whatever and i take a lot of pride into making music that flows really well and has good transitions from one track to another. So one of the, you know, kind of semi prideful things is the guy who was the, uh, he was the flight line, flight line boss at XFC in 2019. He told me he was an airplane guy, but he told me that, you know, of all the airplanes and the helicopters, my music was the favorite of any of his music. He asked me what songs were in it and stuff like that. And I took a lot of pride in that because, you know, I usually spend a lot of time mixing music and music is a big part of my life personally and with flying. So mixing, you know, making a mix that I can listen to over and over again is important to me. Nice. I know you're, I know you're pretty similar though, right, Kyle? I mean, you've, you've gone, you know, you're usually eight or nine or 10 or 11 versions deep of a mix by the time you end up flying to it. Yeah. I mean, it depends on the event that we're at. If it's something that requires, man, I don't even know how to say this stuff. Sounding like a dick, but something that requires a bit more effort, like a global 3D. I think when I showed up, I was on revision, like not even joking like 27 like it just kept changing throughout the summer oh wow but yeah but if it's something like an urch about all the brands or still on version three or four i mean you made one before and you still made what two while we were there yeah no it just depends i mean like when i went to rotor live in 2018 i think it was and i had to compete on saturday i made a music mix friday at about 11 30 p.m after about mm, 15 beers and then one the next day so you know it just it all varies it all varies so what what keeps you in the hobby what keeps your interest uh so in for me what keeps me in the hobby a lot is some of it's like the again practicing for a competition keeps me really keeps me fresh and sometimes i'll see a video of someone else flying go oh that looks really cool and that'll keep me going and also fun flies i I don't want to lose the friends that i made in the hobby um and you know facebook ain't it to try to like keep friends right so you know i i want to that keeps me going and i and i still again being competitive and being kind of prideful i don't want to go to an event and look like i suck especially if you know someone you know promotes me being at the event as a quote-unquote pro pilot or whatever i'd like to go and make myself you know make myself and my sponsors who are you know who take care of me look good so that 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 a lot of that keeps me into it, but just the, I mean the vast majority of my friends in life I've met through the hobby, uh, one way or the other. Again, either 
I flew with them or I met them through somebody else or something like that, someone else in the hobby. Um, it, I, I don't, and I can't, I don't want to risk losing those friends. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to lose the hobby because I don't want to lose the friends. Gotcha. It sounds to me like you love electric. That's your jam now, isn't it? Yes and no. I love flying nitro because I like the chain. I like, it's not the, I don't want to say the difficulty because that's a bad way to say it. I like the difference of flying in light nitro and I still love the smell of nitro. God, I hate cleaning up nitro helicopters, but I love the smell of nitro. I love the sound of nitro. I love the feel of nitro. But again, with the competition side of things, electric is still the future for com- the current. It's, it's the present and the future for competitions, as far as I can tell. Uh, so there, there's that too. So I, I really do like them both. Gun in my head, I can only fly one for the rest of my life. I'd probably go electric, just because again, the competition is what I fly regularly. But you know, nitro for me is a little bit of a, I don't want to call it a special occasion. But nitro for me is like it's almost like a treat to myself. Like, hey, like, oh, let's go fly some nitro. It's a little bit different. It's it's what you do, right? But amazingly, with airplanes, it's again as much as I don't like gas or helicopter with airplanes. I love I mean, all my big airplanes are all gas. So gas airplanes for sure. Uh, I don't have any. I hardly any electric airplanes. It's all gas. But helicopters, electric for the day to day flying, and nitro for the special occasion. Like I can't imagine going out on like a Wednesday and flying nitro. And having to deal with cleaning it up and you know what I mean, all that stuff, right? Like, <laughs> like on a Wednesday, like, I just can't do it, right? Like, if I'm gonna go practice, I'm gonna go, to, you know, I'm gonna go to the field every day. That's what I like about, about Thursday. It's Thursday, yeah. <laughs> yeah. depends on if it's like an Urcha Thursday or like a regular Thursday, but if it's a regular Thursday, nah. Um, but you know, that's what I like about helicopters versus airplanes is you know, when I'm done flying, I just fold the blades back and throw that bitch in the car. And you know, think that I'm Gucci. Oh, look at this guy. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about with this whole cleanup crap. Yeah, you just let it be. Yep, I hang yeah, it up no. and I let it drip dry. Yeah, I can't do that. I just, I like my car too much and it just, I just can't do it. It just, ugh, ugh, can't do it. So, yeah. it's, it's, I, I blame my dad um, because in order to go into his car, he had to inspect it before I went into his car. Oh my God. Uh, back in the day, make sure it was clean enough because. Even with the towels, I, and Kyle, you know my dad. You know that's the case. You, you know I ain't lying. <laughs> God, he had to inspect it before it goes in the car. My dad used to leave helis at the field. <laughs> <laughs> if I had left it at the field, I probably wouldn't have to clean it up. But if it was going in his car, God, then God damn it, it was going to be clean. Yeah, right, right there by the flight cone, right, Kyle? Exactly. Left it right stays there. right there. Start yep. it right there, ready to go. Yep. Get in the car, go home. <laughs> Figure it out later. Yeah. So you know that the, it had to be clean. Um, so, you know, my mom probably hated it because my pants were always all oily and shit like that. But, you know, my yeah, but I had to clean it up. So because of that, I, I, I've always I still clean my helicopter, my nitro stuff up. My electric is funny because I, I never clean them. I don't clean the bugs off of them. I don't clean the grass off the blades. They're just gross. But nitro, I always clean. It's a weird, weird thing. Hmm. Well, I mean, you, you've talked about your sponsors already. I mean, we're kind of circling back here on some stuff. You talked about when you go to events, you really want to represent your sponsors in a positive manner. So speaking of which, who are you currently sponsored by then? Oh, man, I got to make sure I don't forget anybody and be that uh-huh. awesome. Yep. <laughs> don't forget. Yeah, obviously, uh, Fatava. Uh, Fatava USA is uh, one of my primary sponsors. I also fly for Mikado USA, which... There is, you know, not just the helicopters, but also Maniacs batteries as a part of that as well. 
uh, and Nick Maxwell Products um, sponsored to fly the the new the new Revo rotor blades. I flew Helix before, uh, now Revo, and again, sort of in that Mikado USA uh, as well as Scorpion. So mm-hmm. yeah, so Scorpion, Mania X, Vitaba, Mikado. Um, God, if I'm forgetting anybody, I'm gonna feel like an a hole. Uh, mm-hmm. Kyle Cece, sometimes I he, he sends me some stuff occasionally. <laughs> Um, No, those are the big ones right now. Um, I'm I'm really lucky to be sponsored. Well, the cool thing, like, like the cool thing with you, AJ, that I've always noticed is that when you pick a team to be with, you're there for like years and years. Like you've been with teams until the doors close, and then you go into the next one. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't like to be so. Be, and part of that again is kind of that old school thing, right? So the old school thing when you were, and, and I, this sounds really disparaging, and I, I apologize if I sound like an arrogant dick saying this, but right now sponsorships are given pretty freely. Um, at least the field rep kind of thing are given pretty freely. There's, it's 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 hard to go to a fun fly and find someone who's not sponsored in some way by something. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. And back in the day, again, just I sound like such a shithead saying that. Back in the day, being sponsored really meant something. Um, there were very select few people that were sponsored, let alone fully sponsored, which I was never really the fully sponsored consultant paid person, whatever. But, you know, to be sponsored, I don't take that lightly at all. Um, it, it means it means a lot to me to to wear the shirt of the people who support me and to be able to support the, the companies that are enough to support me so yeah i i stick with people you know if, if i leave someone if i leave a company it's because it's the right you know it's the right thing to do for me but i can also say uh that for me i've never been sponsored by somebody whose product I didn't already fly so i've flown fataba my entire life so i got so i started flying for fataba i had you know i bought a logo 700 myself and then you know now i'm flying for mikado usa i've always flown scorpion and then i started flying for scorpion um, Mania X, same thing. I bought a set of Mania X batteries to try, and I really liked them. And then that kind of went from there. So, you know, everyone that I fly for is someone is, is a brand that I really believe in. So, that that to me that, that and that's part of that reason is again I don't I don't like flip flopping because I believe in every product that I fly. So nice. Mm-mm. So, what do you like about the hobby the most? Um, it's probably what I love. I like I like and hate the most is the people. Um, <laughs> I, I love the people, most of them. Um, <laughs> Except that skids guy. Fuck that guy. Depends on when he hits say. record or not. I like him when he hits record. I don't like him as much when he doesn't hit record. Um, <laughs> but uh, no. Fair. So so when I, when I worked for Experience, I had a lot of really, really great customers, including Gucci and Skids, uh, amazingly enough, when I was working there. I remember sending them specifically, uh, I remember specifically sending them product uh, when I worked for Experience. Uh, you know, you know, Skids crashed a lot, so I was sending him shit every week. Uh, Gucci was the, he was the dude who used to wait for sales. Uh, whenever there's a 10% off sale, you can always guarantee there's a Gucci order coming through uh, for like a canopy and a tail boom or something like that, something what? really miserable to pack. That's not uh, normal? <laughs> it actually was normal, but yeah. But you know, with that, there, you know, I loved a lot of my customers. But when you deal with the best and the worst, I, you know, there there are some people that rubbed me the wrong way from the customer service aspect of things. Because 
The I don't people, really like people. I actually do people. The people that <laughs> ask for a discount when it's not a holiday, and you're like, damn it. You know, actually, even they didn't matter. They, they didn't bother me that much. The people who would ask me my opinion about something and, you know, treated me as a, you know, a subject matter expert on things and then would do something completely different. Be like, hey, I did this instead and it didn't work. Well, no shit. If that was what was going to work, it's what I would have told you to do. Um, you know, and it's just that's the nature of the beast. And that's one of those things that frustrates me the most is when someone asks for my advice and then does something different and then is surprised when it doesn't work. Like if you're gonna, you know, if you're gonna take the time to ask me for my advice, then to me that means you respect my opinion. So you know, obviously you don't have to do exactly what I say, right? That's not what I mean. But don't do something completely opposite, or do something that I said specifically not to do because it was not going to work, and then be upset that it didn't work. So that that's always bothered me the most. But like I said, the people are what keeps me coming back, right? The people like you guys, right? So you know, the Kyles, the Gucci's, maybe even the Skids, depending on the day. Um, <laughs> you know. What Scott? You know what I mean? How did this guy get on the show? (laughs) (laughs) I I blame Kyle for that. You know, very completed and you know whatever else. But that's um, yeah. So it's it's the people that keep me uh, sure that I like most about the hobby. It's it's something to do. It keeps me entertained. It's a giant money pit, but the people keep me coming back. Fact. Yeah, people for sure. So, speaking of pro pilots, uh, and you can't name yourself, um, who is your favorite pro pilot? Uh, current or historic? Do ever. historic. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, sure. do ever. Just do ever. Like, if you so ask ever, to be- So, again, people, th- this name is going to not mean anything to 98 or 99% of the people who listen to this hobby, or listen to this podcast, rather, um, currently in the hobby. There's a guy named Ray St. Ange. Years and years and years and years and years and years ago, he used to fly for miniature aircraft uh, in like the pre-Fury days, like in the you know XL Pro 2K kind of days. Uh, and he was good friends with my dad, and so I we used to fly with him all the time. And he was kind of an inspiration for me for flying. Um, the first person I ever saw do like tail down funnels and stuff. He flew mode one, so luckily that didn't I didn't get stuck into that. Uh, but racing on, he was the guy, man. He was he doesn't not in the hobby anymore, but you know. Uh, he flew with uh, Mike Swift, for those of you who have been a little bit newer, because Mike uh, you know, Swifty flew for a little bit longer, and Rob Deluzio and those guys. So he was probably my favorite pro pilot ever. Uh, Curtis Youngblood, again, not in the hobby anymore. Um, kind of, I, I've always sort of tried to emulate his style a little bit, which was a lot of big air kind of stuff, and then smack the shit out of it, and then fly big, and you know, utilize the whole flight box, but still be able to do some smacky stuff here and there. So tried to you know tried to steal that style a little bit. So he was definitely up there, and then probably current uh, Nick and Kyle, Stacy. Um, they're probably my favorite current ones again. The style, obviously can't emulate it, but the the stuff that they do. You know Kyle for the smack of just doing ridiculous things and cutting grass with blade tips while you do things, and you know sure. doing things up and around hills and this and the other thing, and just flying like a just ridiculous and. Some of the technical and crazy, some of the technical stuff that Nick does and the weird angles and stuff like that has always been pretty appealing to me and it's what I kind of try to emulate when I'm, when I'm flying. Do you find that still today, like that you're trying to, you know, take ideas from other people and make it your own? Is that still a thing? Mm, not as much, mostly because they're much better than I am and I kind of suck. <laughs> so some of the really cool stuff that they do, I can't do. Um, 
but yes and no. I, I sort of I have my own style at this point, I think, and so I've, I've taken a lot of other people's styles and made it my own. So I do things my own style, but occasionally I'll see things and I'm like, oh, that's cool. Let me try to incorporate something of that, but still make it my own. Mm-hmm. But now so, most of the time, I'm just a spectator. So what's your style? What do you what do you call your style like? Hybrid. It's, it's a hybrid, right? So it, it's it's a big air kind of style with a little bit of old man 3D in there. Um, a lot of funky angles. Like I try to come out of things in interesting angles, and I, I like my my flying to flow. I like it to look like one maneuver the entire flight. I don't want to stop and start. I want one flowing maneuver, and for me, it's you know, okay, if I'm doing you know a hurricane and I'm coming out of it, and I'm doing some pirouetting stuff into you know, a rainbow or doing some, you know, stopping in the middle of a hurricane and do some pure, you know, pure flips or something like that. Or I'm doing pure flips and then, you know, climb up pure waiting, you know, a tail slide that comes into something else. Everything flows from one thing to another. Um, that's, that's what I try to make my style. Um, it's just, it's different. I want it to be unique again. Things like, you know, like a backwards TikTok figure eight. It's not something that you really see every day, but it's kind of the power cause of the AJ. Um, it's, you know, it's my thing. But so that's nice. that's you know it's it's a it's a hybrid of everything. I just steal styles and do the things I like, and you know I, I wish it's not that I wish that I could. I wish that I flew a little bit lower because obviously I can. I just choose not to. Um, but it's wild. Same reason I like the flight to music, right? I like everything to flow. It flowed beautifully right through the tall grass. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. How about that? How about, how about blow me? <laughs> um, the worst part about that is I was 10 seconds away from finishing a pretty freaking good flight. Like that whole like map of the earth thing at the end, it looked so good until it just wasn't yeah. anymore. It was, yeah, it was, I was pretty happy with the flight. I mean, it was nothing special. It was never going to, never going to win, but I was really happy with how the flight went and how the choreography was of the flight up until I was somehow the only one of fucking 13 people who crashed. Battle of the Brands people always crash, and I was the only one. I was so embarrassed. Come on, dog. Come on. You tried really was, hard to crash. It was a solid flight, for sure. Yeah. I, I, was, I was pleased with it. Um, Steve Yoon got a video and sent it to me, and I, I was pretty happy with it. Again, I was happy with the choreography. It was, I was pleased with the flight. I, you know, it's, it's funny, because I still get a little bit nervous when I'm flying demos or a contest. You know, I still have that little bit of a shake kind of thing. I still have to take my... You know, someone else noticed I take these, you know, really, you know, slow, big, deep breaths before I fly. And someone was like, oh, you must be nervous. No, it's just kind of a routine at that point. So. Right. Hmm. Well, are you working on any maneuvers right now to, to further your flying? Or are we just kind of on cruise control? Because if you are, uh, I know well, the feeling. Yes and no. F3N, right? So I'm trying to do F3N stuff. Are um, you? Yeah. So again, like I, said, I was on the F3N team for the Worlds. And so I was doing a ton of F3N stuff to try to get ready for Worlds. Uh, so I may try to still uh, qualify for the world's team again next year. And, and part of that is the selfish arrogance a little bit and that having flown in the world in airplanes, to my knowledge, there's no one who's ever flown a world championship in airplanes and helicopters. And I'd like to do that for the, for the fun of it. But so a lot of I'm working on a lot of F3N stuff right now. Um, there's some pretty cool funneling maneuvers, funnel type of maneuvers in the F3N stuff. Um, some rolling maneuvers that I that I like. Um, I don't do a ton of the pirouetting stuff. I like the more again more more flowy maneuvers. So working on a lot of uh, rolling maneuvers and a lot of like some of the funneling maneuvers for F3N to start with, 
and then we'll see kind of what happens from there. But the F3N catalog, that's my uh, that, that's my go-to for new maneuvers right now. Nice. nice. So when you're trying to learn stuff about the hobby, do you have any like sources that you go to? Like some people use Heli Free um, to gain that knowledge from. Uh, it depends on what I'm looking for. I, I'm I'm really lucky in that I have specific people that I can lean on for specific things. Um, so like if I'm trying to learn something with a new maneuver, again, I'm I'm lucky enough. Just again, as a purpose of being around forever and being, you know, lucky enough to be friends with some of these people. But like, I can text Kyle or Nick and be like, "Hey, like, I need help with this," um, for you know, maneuver kind of stuff. Um, I use Hangout a little bit, depending on what I'm trying to do, um, for knowledge of some stuff and to keep me kind of current on things. Uh, I used to use Runrider Helifreak religiously, but I've kind of fallen off of them a little bit. So. You know, it's the people. So really, it's, you know, it's Hangout on Facebook right now. Um, they're kind of my thing for trying to find if I need something. I can, you know, it's, it's very convenient to be able to ask a question on there if I want generic, you know, opinions from people who fly something that my friends don't fly. Um, but again, I'm super lucky to be able to have some friends in the hobby that I can text and be like, hey, like, I need an opinion. I need help on this or at least a second opinion on that kind of stuff. And even that, you know, some of the really like technical stuff with Fatabo and this and everything, like Ben Miner for some of the, you know, he's pretty well known for being a Fataba guru and some of the OCD kind of setup sort of, sort of things. He's helpful for that. So I'm lucky enough to be able to utilize a lot of uh, friends that I made over the last 20 something years in the hobby. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Nice. AJ, do you have any special, funny, memorable stories from your time in the hobby from day one to now? Well, so, I, you know, I touched on a few of them. So, you know, probably one of the funniest things was taking off without the fucking battery. Um, that was a good one. Yeah, that was good. That was a, that was a good one. That was a winner. Um, memorable stuff. So, again, the blowing up the three blade 10 seconds into a contest flight. That was pretty cool. <laughs> Big fan of that. Did you learn um, that from Chris Diamante? I blew mine up way more than any of his stuff he's blown up. He's he's amateur hour. Oh. You may have learned that shit from me. He's amateur hour. <laughs> Get with the program, uh, Chris. Man, yeah, he's got he's got a lot he's got a lot to learn about blowing shit up. Um uh, man. Other than that, like those, you know, those are kind of my big ones. Um probably one of the shittiest stories I have is when I was on the buddy box with my dad back in the seventy two megahertz days. Uh we were at a helicopter fun fly in massachusetts and uh the airplane guys didn't like that there was a helicopter fun fly happening and they their field got taken over so one of the really awesome airplane guys decided they were going to turn on their radio and just fuck somebody oh and i was a lucky duck that was on channel 27 at the time come on man so i'm hovering and uh the helicopter just starts like going sideways a little bit and just blows sideways into the ground bump um probably the other really funny kind of buddy box story uh, um so you know so all the you know the radios now still have like idle timers like idle like you know if, if you don't touch anything they beep for a little bit mm-hmm. uh back before those were really good they were a way shorter and b they didn't really tell you they would just turn off after a while <laughs> um 
So when I was buddy boxing with my dad, he wasn't, when I got pretty good, he wasn't flying, he wasn't doing it on a spring loaded switch anymore. He would just do it on a, like a regular, like two position switch. And this was, you know, I was hovering a 30 size nitro. So we're talking about flight time. I was getting, you know, 10, 12, 13, 14 minutes of hovering and just, you know, gentle moving around. And he hadn't had to take it back from me. And all of a sudden I'm like, dad, I don't got it. He tries to take it back. He's like, I don't got it either. He looks down and the radio had turned off because it had gone idle (laughs) (laughs) because he hadn't touched anything. So I crashed a crashed a thirty size helicopter because the radio turned off because I was doing too well. <laughs> Man, I hate when that happens. Yeah, so that was a fun one. Um, um the other funny one again, I touched on this one a little bit. Uh, blowing the tail case off of Frank's uh, Protoss Nitro at the uh, on Sunday of San Diego. That was pretty exciting because. I was just, we never found the tail case. That's the damnedest thing. We never found the tail case. Um, so that, that was a good one, you know, trying to just figure out a way to go, huh, the tail seems like it's doing something weird. Oh, shit, there's something flying off the back of it. Huh. <laughs> but I will tell you that a belt-driven nitro helicopter with no tail and no belt autos really, really well. Because there was no drag. I mean, <laughs> the hang at the bottom was just outstanding. Um, what else? Um, recently, the bean field or the the flight that I flew at uh, at uh, the spring fling after Worlds got canceled, and I was just pissed off. I spent the entire flight in the beans, and the reason that was extra funny is because a Kyle, who always tries to talk me down, stopped trying to talk me down. He's like, "Oh, okay, <laughs> you're good. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> I don't need to do anything." And uh, Nick Maxwell and Jason Russell, who don't normally see me fly like that, were very confused because they saw, and I have my own little style, so they recognized some of the maneuvers I was doing as my maneuvers, but I was doing them in the beans, which is very out of character for me. So, like, Nick coming over to me afterwards, just laughing, using violent hysterics about, like, you just spent the entire flight in the beans, weed, so you just did it. And there's some amusement to me of a couple of other people trying to do the same thing and not having the success that I had. Because I was honestly God trying to crash the helicopter. And I couldn't do it. I managed to do it at Battle of the Brands, but I couldn't do it then. Um, of course. Of course. But, you know, Scott Graham tried to do a similar thing and ended up leaving a battery in a field uh, there. Uh, Frank tried to do the same thing. He got sucked in. And a couple other people tried to do it, and it didn't work. Um, so that, that was a lot of fun. So I'm sure there's more. Um, but hell, you know, flying wise, I'd say those are probably some of the top ones that I can think of offhand. Very. Those nice. are pretty good. Those are pretty good. <laughs> oh yeah. man, so much history. Like I said, I mean, twenty years, including being in the semi-public eyes. You know, you know, three years of experience. I will say too, I mean, in terms of memorable, having that circus tent at Urcha was pretty damn memorable. Um, I guess I can talk about this now. It's been so long. We had a big blimp. We had a blimp, like a helium-filled blimp. Um, with the Experience RC logo on it at Urcha as well. And some dude who was mad at our sister company shot it with a fucking shotgun. Nice. While it was tied to the semi-truck, and I saw it happen. <laughs> <laughs> so... It sounds like this like, Someone just shot it. Awesome. And they're like, no, that was fireworks. I'm like, no. And we saw it just coming down with it. Like, cause it was like, you know, shotgun shot. So there was fucking 80 holes in the stupid thing. of just like, shot. And the cops came and got the guy, and all I can, all I really remember specifically is this dude was hammered drunk, and he informed the cops that they were assholes, and then he tried to go around the back of his camper 
and got tackled, which was awesome. It was just fantastic. It was just awesome. So that that's pretty that was pretty memorable too. Uh, watching a blimp get shot at like eleven thirty at night at Urcha, like twenty thirteen. Huh. Crazy. The drama days. The good old drama days back when Urcha was a little bit more exciting. Although. This year was kind of exciting. This year is pretty exciting. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're not going to get into that one. Now. What are you talking about? about? How, how was your golf cart on Saturday in terms of excitement? So? I don't know, but I got my steps in. That's all I know. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Well, the funny part is like a story like that from 2013 should actually, you know, you got some people to see like, oh my God, how does, how do people do such certain things? I'm like, what do you mean? It's been around for Urcha for a long time. Drama and issues and people shooting stuff. You get a bunch of people together, you're always going to have this type of issues, you know? Yeah, I mean, I haven't missed one since 2010 or uh, since at least 2010. The last time I, I, I've been to everyone since 2010. Um, That's crazy. Flying now, if I, you know, going back and each so I flew Goblins, Raptors, MSH, and now Mikado, and now over that time. I flew. Crazy. I flew a Goblin at the beginning. I had one of the. Oh. I had SG. I had one. I had SG seven hundred three, the orange canopy original Goblin, with the DFC blow up head. The kaboom! Kaboom! <laughs> that was great. There's a reason that the the DFC head went away. Nope. Thing flew great. Don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> perfect. It flew great, but it also blew up great. Nope. Thing was perfect. Min, no issues. You didn't know how to fly correctly, that's all. Yeah, I was sitting there doing pyroflips. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah, I didn't know how to fly correctly. Mm, um, nice. I was sitting there doing pyroflips and it just, like, fucking exploded. Like, what the shit? That's fine. It, 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 when helicopters blow up, they break a lot of shit, too. Like, the, you know, I, I broke the most stuff when I had that, you know, that re-kit from the blade stop, but... When a helicopter blows up, it breaks a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. Because again, by the time it gets to the ground, the blades aren't spinning anymore. <laughs> oh, man. Hmm. Well, AJ, we, uh, we appreciate you very much coming on the show tonight, man. I'm sorry it took three, three times to do it. <laughs> uh, it was worth it. I enjoyed it. Thank you guys for having it, me. I really it was, appreciate it. It was, it was really worth it. It was it. good Thank banter you. for sure. Yeah, for absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Yeah, it was good to see you uh, recently as well. But, yeah, uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Hopefully, if you guys, you know, if we all make it down to blowout or something like that, that would be have a little reunion tour there. So yeah, I'm, I'm gonna yeah. try really hard to make it a blowout just because it's it's a fun time. I I missed that event, so yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Well, if uh, people wanted to get in touch with you, how could they do it? Uh, Facebook's probably still the easiest way. Um, I may not post a lot, but I am still that elder millennial that's on Facebook all the time because. I hate myself as a guest or something. Um, so Facebook, uh, Facebook Messenger is probably the best way to get a hold of me. Um, or if you're, you know, if you're on the West Coast uh, and you're going to buzz on the board or something like that, if you see me at an event, uh, I'll be the short guy hanging out with Kyle uh, or Nick. Uh, although Nick's about my height too, so I'll be the short guy hanging out with Kyle most of the time. Uh, you know, definitely don't hesitate to you know introduce yourself or ask questions or whatever. Um, I apologize in advance if I don't remember your name. I'm awful at names. Um, Pretty good with faces, but bad at names. But definitely, you know, introduce yourself, and I'm happy to help anybody who you know has questions. Doesn't matter what you fly, I'm you know, definitely, you know, definitely willing to help, uh, no matter what you're doing. Sounds good. 
Cool. All right. Well, if you guys would like to get in touch with us here at the Helihead Show, you can reach us at theheliheadshow at gmail.com. If you have any uh, questions, show ideas, anything at all, want to be an average show, let us know. Uh, we still would like to receive emails pertaining to uh, your questions with Heli Setup. Uh, we would love to uh, air that on the show, the next show. Uh, but um, yeah, shoot us an email. What else we got? Please make sure to like our Facebook, follow and subscribe to us on Podbean and iTunes. And leave us a message. And yeah. message. And yeah. Or two. Or three. Yeah. And then the last but not least, uh, don't forget to give a shout out to the other Heli podcasts and video personalities in the hobby. We have quite a few of them. Um, and recently, I don't know if you guys have been keeping up with uh, Bill and YouTube channel. But he's doing putting in some work with some new videos, which is always awesome. He's killing it. Yep. Yeah, he put so, out some video with some dude named Gucci. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. What a dumbass. Mm. It's gonna bring the whole <laughs> channel down. <laughs> oh gosh. Yep. Well. That's kind of what it is. Do yeah. we have any uh, new reviews? No, not not I, right now. Right? I've yeah, I've been gone all weekend. We may. I don't know. I just haven't had time to look. Cool. So we'll visit it next time. Uh, but uh, let's get to those parting words. What you got? Parting words. How about some hashtag flag baller? Mm. Hashtag F3C I made first place. Nice. Yep. Advanced class. Uh, hashtag <laughs> Genesis tandem. That's right. I'm still waiting for that video. I don't know where that went. Uh, hashtag where are we at with the uh, budget, Kevin? <laughs> it's bruce it's bruce <laughs> it's bruce oh it's bruce yeah mm -hmm. no wonder people are not coming to our show <laughs> our own hosts are not showing up for work yeah <laughs> uh let's see here hashtag i'm starting to fight like kids which was apparent today because mitch definitely saw the good old mcgrady maneuver the mcgrady tuck as we call oh, it oh boy mm -hmm. And then we have hashtag camper sexual. Yeah, I'll share a camper with anyone in our hobby, except uh, quite a few people. <laughs> Let's see here. Hashtag I love porta potties. Yeah, I sure do. In case of emergency, break glass here. <laughs> um, Let's see. Hashtag get the fuck out of my car. Yes. And the last one, but last not least, is when I go to Fun Flies, hashtag no sleep, no problems, because I am at a Fun Fly. I'm having a good time. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Right. What you got, Kyle? Uh, hashtag no couch, no problems. Thank you, Nick. Hashtag cut grass and crash. Hashtag hibachi will never be the same. Thank you, Eric. Mm-hmm. Hashtag Eric Shoe is more famous than my entire heli career. Totally 100% accurate. It is. And most recent and most relevant, hashtag less wisdom, less flying ability. Nice. Mm. Yeah. I went to go use the bathroom here at Heli Extravaganza, and um, I mean, Eric was having conversations with er everyone while he was in the shower. <laughs> if he saw a head pass by, he'd be like, hi, how are you doing? Just scrubbing my balls. <laughs> Hey, you guys want to go to Hibachi? Right. My <laughs> I'll sing you the birthday song. That's right. Yeah, God. it was a trip. But uh, mm -hmm. AJ, what you got? You got some? 
I got a couple here and there. Um, hashtag, I used to be somebody. Uh-huh. Uh, hashtag, I still solder my connectors, you lazy bastards. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> we got a hashtag for Taba on a logo. Bruh. Uh, yeah, just for the you know for the for the differences there, uh, I got hashtag uh, gardener or hoe. You pick it. <laughs> uh, nice. <laughs> and uh, just I think the last one will be a hashtag Australia or bust. So I any of y'all like Kelly Heatwave like folks that want to officially invite me to your event, and you know, there you go. I'm happy yeah. to go. So uh, I, you know, there's 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 that, and I'll you know we'll 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 bring a we'll, we'll bring friends. It'll be a party. You gonna go. bring a friend, AJ? I might. I mean, if it's Australia, shit, you can't go alone to Australia. Who are you gonna bring? Oh, uh, you know, I have I have ideas, but really, there you go. know, we'll see. We'll, I'll let you know after a blowout how uh, how those ideas are going. <laughs> SS, good call. Uh, you got to roll out the red carpet, Kyle. He wants to be <laughs> somebody. He wants. Well, I used to be somebody. I'd like to be somebody again. <laughs> oh boy. I'm just gonna. So that's gonna be my shtick. I'm gonna bring arm candy with me to fun flies now, and I'll just be that. That medium looking dude with a hot girl on his arm. So I'll be the, I'll be the, uh, you know, it'll be the unpaid avant girls. Yeah. Nice. Right. Right. Oh, All right, kids, what you got? Oh, well, uh, so much for the first one. It's gone. Yep. Um, I don't know. We're going to promote another one. Oops. Boy, I'm messing things all up here. Here we go. What oh, are you doing? What um, are you doing? I'm tired. Uh, <laughs> what do we got next? Uh, is it Modown? I guess. Yeah. Hashtag yeah. go to Modown. I'm not going, but you should. <laughs> and buzzing the border if you're on the West Coast. There you go. Thank mm. you. Uh, sure, Eric Shoe's probably going. You know, so if you want to take a shower and listen to him talk to you while you're in there, he probably will do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he's he's gonna go and see Rita. I mean, so if he, he goes, I'm sure he's going to see Rita. Mm-hmm. For sure. So. Oh. Here's a new one. Um, I don't know if I talked about this. I mean, we've done this show three times now with AJ, so I have no idea. Um, but uh, hashtag, I'm not going to be homeless. That's a good one. Mm, that's right. Yeah. You got a new J-O-B. I did. I did. Hey, we talked about that last time. I don't think I don't think we made it this time. I think that was uh, that was V1 or V2 or V4 or whatever you did. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly wasn't the one you actually hit record. So. Oh, man. Yeah, so thankfully I got a new job. Uh, I'm super stoked. Um, yeah, thank you so much. Um, oh, we got uh, hashtag 100 mile, 100 mile an hour to a dead stop. Yep. Accurate. Skirt. Hey, but you know what? My MKS servos still work. Mm. For now. Yeah, for now. <laughs> taking, taking time, Mom. Uh, uh, but my, my photographer still works for my crash at... Uh... At Urcha too, but that was that was like twelve miles an hour to and, you know. Oh. You landed but, in a bundle of hay. Like I mean, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> it was like give me a break. Pillows, right? Yeah, it was, it was not. It was not great. It was. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a rotor blade and a skin. I'm gonna be honest with you. If yeah. you said if you if you said AJ that yeah, I'm still flying my Futaba S148 back from 2002. Yeah, I would 30, die laughing. No, the, early, the first ones I had were 30 tens. Thank you, and I still have them. 30 in a box. Oh my! Listen, I was cheapo when I first came to the states in '97. It was 3003s. Get it right. Mm. Uh, no, 3010s were in my Raptor 50. So I was a mm. big baller with my $25 servos. <laughs> hey, hey, you guys are hijacking hey. my uh, hashtags here. Okay? We'll do it. You're going to gonna close <laughs> it up or what? All right, we got uh, hashtag I'll crash your nitro. 
Um, but I or did try to. I, yeah, mm -hmm. it's pretty bad when I try to crash and can't, and <laughs> then when I don't try, it does happen. <laughs> it's the damnedest thing. All right, let's get out of here, you guys. We got hashtag too old for hold. Thank you so much for listening. This has been episode number fifty-four with AJ Jaffe. We will catch you guys next time. Thanks again for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Laters. I don't know what happened to Kyle. What happened to Kyle? Did he Welcome to the Helihead Show. This is episode number 54, Dose, V2. Is that right? V2? Yeah. I'm, your, <laughs> I'm your host, Skids. With me is Gucci. Hello, my friends, for a second time. <laughs> and we got V2, Luke, Hand, Luke Warmhand. Damn it. Let's start this over. <laughs> oh it's just V3 now, then? <laughs> oh, it's V3. V3. All right. Welcome to the Helihead Show. This is episode 54. I am your host, Skids, and with me is Gucci. Hello, my friends. <laughs> and we've got... Like, why don't I can't get your name right? Come on, man. <laughs> what are you? Lukewarm hands? Okay. That's what right. I hear. All right. Oh, gosh. But anyway, it was a good time. I hate that we're not covering it, but... Yep, you should, but anyway... Uh, well, we wouldn't have had to worry about this if you didn't record the other day. We wouldn't have had to talk about this. <laughs> well, record's going. You guys ready? Yeah, let's do it. Ah, easy now. <laughs> you guys are going to kill me. I'm not recording. <laughs> <laughs> that would suck so bad. Oh, my God. Yeah. After Go. you sneeze. Yeah, get out. Leave, get out. <laughs> Woo wow. oh my God. That was 14 S sneeze right there. <laughs> That's why he was gonna go, so he didn't, you know, blow our eardrums out. Holy shit. <laughs> I even turned my head. No. Oh God, it just hit me. Oh wow. Back in the swampland is what it is. My sinus is never gonna be fucked. All right, Bless here we go. Under underground. <laughs> Uh oh, the hurricane. Full sin. Hurricane, here we go. Oh mm. boy. In your face! Isn't that how Pinion says it? They get like, lower! <laughs> Fucking Scott, man. Scott, what a dick. Oh, here it oh comes. Oh my god! <laughs> no way. Back away from that again. <laughs> Kyle's like, I just back away from the video. I did. I really did. I was like, holy shit. Damn, Steve probably shit his pants. Oh, he totally shit his pants. Yo. Man, even the light pole moved. I told you. <laughs> six inches a foot. I'm like, uh -huh. dude, there's no way. Uh -huh. That thing was... Yeah. <laughs>
Man. Yeah. I gotta find a new style. I'm gonna get myself killed. That thing was going to fucking boogie town. <laughs> that motor sounded good, things. though. No fear. Dude, that thing is singing. Oh! Dude, that funnel I thought was game over right there. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I backed it up. You! <laughs> <laughs> That's what everybody was like. Okay, we need to stop. We need to stop antagonizing him. This is not. I'm not going to turn good for us. Oh man! And this is the the Gucci night show right here. That's the Gucci. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the, them flippy doos. Are I'm knocking on Cal Stacy's door with those flippy doos. Yeah, buddy. Nice. Yeah, not a great flight, but. It Beautiful. Was it was a cl- uh, crowd pleaser. Beautiful. At this point, I'm like, I'm out of tricks. I got nothing. It's moving way too fast. It's at <laughs> night. There's no doing pirouetting things. It's like this motherfucker was on 14s, fucking ready to rip. And I was like, Nah, we're just gonna, we're just gonna do a beat down flight and land. Mm-hmm. Bring it back in one piece. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 